Hello, I'm Dan McDowell, longtime professional broadcaster. Why subscribe to our Patreon podcast? Well, perhaps you support our struggle to get out from under the oppressive thumb of the man. Or objectively, if you sign up at patreon.com slash thedumbzone, you'll get the two episodes per week that are available on all podcast platforms, like this one, plus an additional two episodes each week that are exclusive to Patreon. So subscribing on Patreon gets you four episodes per week. Oh my, what a bargain. Now, on to today's program. The Dumbs Carly, mm-hmm. give me a second. I want to talk to you about something. In my role as executor, I've uh, had passed to me a rather worrying piece of paper. Mm. Okay. And... Who else knows? As of now, as far as I know, just you and me. So what are you thinking? Well, I honestly didn't even want to start thinking until you were here. I mean, could it, might it just go away? I mean, it might get lost. I hope it doesn't. But what if your hand goes a little wobbly and the draft takes it away and it gets flushed down a toilet by mistake? I'm kidding, of course. No, sure, you're you're speculating in a comic mode. Yeah, in a humorous vein. All Would you say perhaps, Jake, by the end of this program that vein will have been drained? Your humorous vein? Are you ready to Spray it out all over. I am ready to spray the humorous vein. Yeah, that's right. All over the uh, the listening public, which it's a free episode today, so you could be spraying this all over Apple and Spotify and what else around Blake. Hi, I'm Dan. This is Jake. This is Blake. We uh, host a uh, Dallas-based. Sports humor based variety show. Is it humor? Well, I have some. I have some big news. Sports humor. And uh, I'm going to attempt to update you guys throughout the show. I don't really have a clue where my wife is right now. Uh, she left the house this morning, um, looking buy cigarettes. She never came back. Brother, I wish. Yeah. As long as she takes those two hellions with her. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't really know where she went, but she did look, like, nice. So, like, obviously, like, she had, like, something, like, real work going on. And she says uh, in this text, Cam Newton is here. Oh. Fresh off kicking five guys' <laughs> ass this weekend. Yeah, I saw that. I, I did see that going on. So, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I don't believe that was here tell her uh pick let's let's you got to see the hat he's got to have a hat get him I on said, the, I him on the said, phone what yeah are you hand, saying right now hand hand him the phone <laughs> yeah joining us now is i have cam i newton. have no idea why cam newton would be in. and so you don't know where she is what i think she's at like the gaylord okay which is an unfortunate name to be handed. 
Yes. Yeah. Unless a friend of your dad's brother was named that or something. Mm, but he got sick and passed away. Yeah, anyway, so yeah. yeah, it's a free epi, so we really have to bring it today. Okay, Because we Let's have go. to inspire, uh, we have to say, wow, if this, if <laughs> well, they're giving well, this. They're, they're in. Yeah, if, they're, if they can do this on a free episode, imagine what the paid one, the paid one would be. Mostly. And watch this. We have guys, leftovers. we have guys sitting in the den. I'll introduce them uh, right after I pause. a vape opportunity for me. Can we keep that in there? I think we do. And unpause. <laughs> so you guys want to keep that <laughs> me yelling at the dog in there? Oh, uh, yeah. I... It's funny. Okay. Well, okay. Then I want it in there. Yes. Blake says it's funny. Comedy. Yeah. I mean, it's this is the guy that's uh, the hardest nut to crack, as they say. Anyway, sitting in uh, Den with us... We have a 690 guest, which means he was uh, kind enough to donate 690 to the cause of paying off lawyers and uh, helping Blake make more than he ever dreamed he could make in this profession. Uh, <laughs> Mark Miller is a, the guy who is supporting us today. He's a uh, patron. Some people don't like to be called a DF, so I'm not going to do that. He was the very first 690 purchase. There you go. Really? Very first one. Yeah. The first one off after Scene sent a uh, check. Yes. Correct. Yeah. And uh, laid the groundwork for what was to come. So I did hear you speaking to Jake, uh, not when we were recording live to tape, mentioning the cat. Yeah. I feel like that maybe could be an enticement. Like if you're going to do a 690 <laughs> sit-in, cat's here. The cat will be there. <laughs> I mean, it's and then no we give him me. like. Shave off a little for him to for his cut, you know, an appearance fee like Limu Limu. Yeah, like twenty bucks uh, for for whatever. I, yeah, I don't think it should be it's too a much. Three figure cat. So, dude, I I would love to have him with me all the time. I I I do think. Um, I don't know if you guys have experienced this. Like with a dog, it's a little bit different. When a cat gets out in your car, it's like I got to pull over. <laughs> Interesting. Like the cat makes me super nervous to be driving. And like it's going like, to claw the, your head or something? Well, I don't know. Like he just, just jump he, up he, on the dash. Exactly. Like the dog is just like, all right, I just I just chill. Yeah. I'm gonna stick my head out this window. But like uh, when I brought the cat over here the other day and I had him in the container, I looked down and I just see like head pop out of cat container. And it squirmed out? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, we have to pull over at this uh, at this park right now. Uh, I'd let him roam around. That's a good cat. But you might not be able to find him when you get... Yeah, that night, I don't know. I didn't tell you this, Blake, but that night, Dan was like, bring the cat every day. For I real? S- I texted him just like, hey, anytime. I love that thing. And I Again, I thought by the end of the, the couple hours he was here that the dogs uh, then just started to ignore it. And they can live together in peace. He's in chill, man. Yeah. He's super, super chill. So soft. The greatest cat... It better be. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. if it's going to cost that much. Dollar per chill. Um, so- I, do, I, I do still get like, uh, you know, and I told you guys about this probably like three or four weeks ago uh, when he was a little bit younger, but, and it really, really annoys my wife. 
but I just can't stand when I can't find him. Like, it really, really bothers me. And I'm just like, all right, well, that's X amount of dollars that I no longer can locate. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, uh, what about? He's probably under the bed. And I'm like, but what if he's not? What about the air tag on the, the collar? Not a bad idea. Yeah. That's a good, yeah, really good idea. Yeah, I mean, I already told you guys about how confused I was about the chip. Yeah, it's got a chip in it, but it's not like you can just. Yeah, I thought Fire it was like a tile. I thought it was like a tile. Like an app, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It should be. It's not. And then eventually they'll be in us. Who knows? Maybe they already are. Dude, you know what? Thanks I actually uh I watched a uh I think this is like three or four years old, but I watched a uh, a sixty minute segment last night on like an MIT student who could just like Google with his have you seen that? I saw it on Twitter. Yeah, just it was like clip. historic vids or one of those mm-hmm. like yeah. stupid aggregation accounts. That I'm like, and then I went and found I'm not going to click on it. I'm not going to click on it. I'm not going uh, no, okay, well, to. Okay, well, I have yeah. to. I mean, it looks really cool. And then I went and found the whole the whole segment, and that's actually what they're doing. You can implant a chip. Yeah, he just like thinks about it, and then it like you know populates the the terms and the the words on the screen. And then Googles it, and then gives him the result, and then he replies back. And it's old. So I think it was like 2018. Okay, because yeah. you know they improved that stuff exponentially. Are you just kind of explaining technology? I don't know. Maybe. Just trying to help uh, help people in here. Uh, Mark has brought along three uh, friends or just people he met on the way. Mm-hmm. Brandon, Russ. And Russ, we will... Uh, I think one of them is going to go by Russell. Because of the confusion? Not. Yeah. Okay. White Russ. <laughs> bald Russ. Would you call yourself bald? Probably. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that means he doesn't like to. No, and, you know... It's the I'm, first I've heard of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm there. You guys ever hear the New Heart show? Mm-hmm. With uh, so-and-so and his... Brother Daryl and his other brother Daryl. It's uh, hilarious stuff. That's what I thought of when I met Brandon, Russ, and Russ. And, uh, yeah, no one else has ever heard of that, so let's move on (laughs) to what we like to call, I like to call the weekend check as we uh, see what everybody did this weekend. I know Blake said he was going to, like, what? There was a lot of pictures of Blake this weekend. Wichita Falls. Pictures of Blake. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, now I think I'm more recognizable than you are. Oh, no. It's no surprise there. No, it was actually cool. You're an um, up-and-comer. Maybe it's the video. Okay, that... can we can we pause for a second? What's you, that? You want me pause again? This feels like... Oh, the music. You're trying to save a 12-year-old <laughs> like Chrysler. You don't like this music, Ben? Yeah, no, I don't like it at all. <laughs> The, you know what you know I mean. You know what I would like for, and well, I'm, not, uh, okay. I'm not being a jerk. Okay, okay. But I would like if you guys it would research one. some music beds because I'm, I'm. But you know what part I mean. Part of my game. I'll. But, uh, but you know what I mean, though, don't you? With the music bed. Yeah, that felt like youth okay. church. Sure. Wait, let's do that again. Let's see. Or a, right, a, everyone. a commercial for a dentist office. Doesn't he seem like youth church guy, though? Oh, no doubt. Yeah. yeah That's why around. I know he uh, knew he would know. Gather around. <laughs> you could sense I there was some comfortability whenever the music came on. When's the last time you whacked off? 
<laughs> Anywho, um, all right. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, I'll just hum. A couple of people coming up and saying they enjoy what we do, and I don't know if we ever thought that <laughs> we would have that in this. So it was, it was really cool. But yeah, I went up to Wichita Falls for Argyle Lady Eagles basketball. They made the region tournament, which is held in Wichita Falls. So I scooted out of here at four o'clock, got to Wichita Falls by six, and called the game at seven on Friday. Got their ass beat, and they won in double overtime Friday. Ooh, do we have an excited Blake call? Don't you do the play-by-play? Yeah. Ashley? I don't know. You're going to have to find it yourself. (laughs) What a jerk. That's the way most of the audio is that I asked Blake for. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, got beat the next day. Oh. Uh, But it was a cool tournament. It was cool. It's hard, you know, when you have an emotional win like that. Yeah. It's tough to get up for the next day, especially one day later. Especially when the team that you play the next day played two and a half hours before you did. It's really not fair. Oh yeah, I would that is. Think so. They would be tired, but they no, got they would be three, more rested. Three hours more rest. Oh, the day Th- before. The day before. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that is unfair. Uh, got the uh, hotel complimentary breakfast, which I know you're a big fan of. Intercontinental. Oh, did we take a trip to Belgium? <laughs> yeah, I had a Texas-shaped waffle. Okay. Ooh. Excellent. With some peanut butter and syrup on it. Um, I saw the best bumper sticker I've ever seen in Wichita Falls which said, I eat MILF and cookies. <laughs> Heck yeah. Same, brother. Very yeah. Did you pull up real close and give him a little Yeah, air, I tried air to give him some air or? bones. Uh, no, he sped off. Um, but yeah, of course it was cool. Did. Yeah. Um, and then uh, played a little softball yesterday. Give him a little peace sign with the, the yeah. tongue, yeah. tongue in the middle. Hell yeah, bruv. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and then Sunday. Dominated on the uh, between Yard- the white lines. Yardo. The uh, no, didn't go. Nope. I, I'm uh. You I'm were just, hitting for contact. I'm really just trying to get on base for Adrian behind me. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's got the big stick. Uh, but the Indians won too. We swept. They're the Indians. Did you know that? No, uh, he wasn't. Here. It used to be Red Sox. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Indians he, uh, this he year. announced that a couple weeks ago. You were gone. Okay, it was cool. Played the Indian Fever song. You'd have loved it. Oh, it was so so fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you talk about driving to Wichita Falls, it reminds me we were talking last week, and you never brought this to the show. One day that you left, it's like <laughs> two and a half hours later. I called him. He goes, "Yeah, I'm still on. Uh, I'm st- I'm st- I'm still not home." Yeah. I think I left here. Let's tell the class. Oh, yeah. I left here. No, that's a different day. I left here about 4.30, expecting to pick my kid up from daycare about 5.30. Instead, I roll in at 6.30. Because we had a Palestine rally on George Bush Highway. So that was cool. Got to pay a late fee to pick up my kid. because. Uh, so they're on the bush... Like they were just on the shoulder, but I mean they weren't like blocking the road, but still everyone stops and rubbernecks. Rubbernecks. Good news. Peace now. Yes. Yeah. I think they they solved it. Yeah. I'm just really glad they picked rush hour traffic to do that. Well, uh, that's I the mean, best time. Why to would they do like create awareness? Well, although I I didn't okay? hear about it except for through Blake. So I don't know. Was this on the news? He tried news? to paper over the fact that he almost just swallowed his own tongue. Yeah, <laughs> just a little hiccup. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you're only going to do it at that time. I just wish they wouldn't. Yeah. That's all I can say. I don't know. It. I was very, very upset. Because, yes, Dan called me two hours after the show. He'd already probably been to the gym, got his dinner. No right. telling what he did in that two hours as I'm just sitting in my car. However, I did get to listen to the whole Johnny Manziel thing. Nice. So maybe that's a silver silver lining. Did you say silver rope? Was I about to? I think you did. Sorry. Silver lining. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I don't uh, you know, it, it was weird. I uh, When I got back from Mexico the other day... You walk out and there's like the the international terminal. It's like I can't believe I actually went to like a protest. You handed out pizza, time. right? Yeah. Or water? Didn't you? Haven't you done that? Yeah, about like a bunch of water and a bunch of pizza because it was like a bunch of lawyers there, like trying to get people let back into the country. I suppose. Yeah. When was this? Was it travel ban? This yeah. isn't like when you were twenty. No, oh. like twenty eighteen, twenty seventeen. We were definitely working together. Yeah, my wife and I went there. Pre-kids, obviously. Um, Ooh, wait, close. I'm trying to think. She's five. Yeah, Nora might have been born, but it was like when Trump was like basically like telling people like you can't come back here. Uh huh. And it was wild, dude. <laughs> super, super wild. Like there was police everywhere, and there was like, you know, people crying and. I'm just like, do you want a pepperoni? (laughs) (laughs) Did they polish it all off? Yeah, there was a bunch of people there doing the same thing I was doing. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're just a good human. I would never think of doing that. It was weird. Like, I'm not sure I would do it for my friends who were (laughs) protesting. Right, much less a stranger. Yeah. Just a bunch of people. Yeah. It was very weird. Um, Because I consider the best way to... uh, to create change is to vote. So I do that once every four years, and right. I'm done. Right. Why would Why do I need to do more? Totally right. Um, you got anything from the weekend? Um, I invited you to come to my wife's birthday party. Didn't see there. You know what? I was thinking mm. about that this week. That or, was uh, uh, yesterday. You know, uh, not super surprising, but um, nah, it was a very very intense Saturday dealing what? with um. Dealing with a new uh, email address that we have, <laughs> sales at dumbzone.com. How about wow. that? That is right. We actually have a salesperson that is not us and was busy. So people have emailed us and uh, reached out and whatnot, and it's been awesome You know, since what? July, August. And a lot of those have gone unanswered and ignored until this weekend. Until sales at Dumb Zone. Yeah, so I, you know, couldn't really say anything in the, you know, for six months we couldn't really address it at all, and then, you know, now, you know, possibly this Monday and and Thursday episode will will actually be, you know, supported by uh, commerce. So that's kind of what I was doing. But I was also thinking, and let me just say, I think your wife is great. She says that he apparently owns a logistics company. What? Okay. Cam Newton does? Drive him over here. I don't know. I mean, that's like her business. Say, unbutton the top button and drive him on over here. <laughs> she might 
also just be thinking that all black people look the same. Mm. Well, that's a uh, that's a concern. So we uh, so no, I was thinking about her, and just like you know, I thought so. We're, we're doing a birthday party like this weekend, like it was Saturday. Yeah. But I thought we also had a birthday dinner earlier in the week. That's why I couldn't get a hold of you one day. And then we had like, a, well, we're going to Mexico because it's my wife's birthday. Like, how much, how long is this birthday celebration? To be honest, like, uh, I would say that the fact that we went uh, to Mexico was really just like, we just needed to leave, dude. Okay. I, f- I feel like it was laid out with a, hey, it's my birthday. Yeah, I mean, I probably sold it to you guys like that. Okay. But it really was just like, we just need to get out of here. Okay. Like, we have not spoken a word to each other in six months. Well. I think a lot of people who have like uh, kids of my bad. age are, yeah, this guy gets it. <laughs> so more, it was more about we haven't done it. Like that's, that's yeah, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, Because yeah, when you exactly. have kids, you actually you just don't. You literally have to kind of schedule it. Dude, I woke up this morning at like three o'clock and I had a cat and a five-year-old next to me. And I'm like, neither one of these were here whenever I <laughs> laid down. Right. And now they're both here. Um, so you got an invite to this. That's cool. <laughs> it was down the street. I knew there was no chance you were going to drive an hour yeah. and ten minutes. Force to... field. Mm-hmm. And our wives are somewhat friends. Oh. My wife loves his wife, too. Or at least friendly. She just loves yours more. Yeah. But it was literally like, and I knew you were out of town. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. I saw it on Twitter. On Twitter? <laughs> you were on Twitter. You were trending. Well, that, okay, but that's when you send the invite knowing that I can't go. You and Peter King. That trending. way you can punch that ticket. <laughs> Peter King. Retirement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was, uh, it was just like right down the street. So that was cool. And then it was uh, time to watch Shane. Ah, uh, yes, Shane. And then it was time to put another 35 on uh, an unsuspecting team that thinks of the two seed. Oh, you played yesterday? Oh, yeah. Wait, what? Black football. Yeah, they were 6-1. and one. They were like, all right, we're coming for the throne. And we were like, <laughs> 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 not quite. It's getting a little hot out there now. It's supposed to be like 95 today. Uh, tomorrow, definitely. What do you guys make of that? Texas, brother. Yeah. I fear the fire season is over. Oh, I no. don't I don't think it'll ever... I can't have a fire unless it's below 50 degrees. I think it's actually supposed to be back to like 65 on like Thursday. Yeah. I don't know if that, that's no, not really fire weather. it has to weather. be below 50. Yeah, below yeah, yeah. 50? Yeah. Because it... At night, you know, when it's low 50s with a little bit of wind, it feels great. And I think, like, ah, this would be good fire weather. If it's too cold, you don't want to sit outside. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about fire inside. Fire inside okay. is, is below 50 outside. But, I'll no, I'll do fire outside when it's 100 out. <laughs> I don't prefer that, but but I will. So this weekend, uh, thanks for asking. I How was your weekend, Dan? We knew that you <laughs> no, were all just rounding around. Tell us about your... this whole email thing. No, all I did... Oh, look at this guy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm trying to take some stuff off your plate. Thank you. Um, yeah. As you've been handling the uh, the 690 stuff um, somewhat well. Uh, <laughs> the Paris Airbnb is booked. Nice. Nice. 
I was talking to Justin from Chicago quite a bit. He's really, uh, his wife is really stoked on Paris and stuff, and they go a lot. Hana. Yeah, so we, you know, talked. In fact, they Zoomed with all of it, me and my wife, and set it up so we could ask questions and blah, blah, blah. And now we have 20, we have 48 hours to. Got me to a Jewish wedding. They had a Jewish wedding? Yeah. That's the only Jewish wedding you've ever been to? Yeah. I can't say I've been to a Jewish wedding. It's pretty awesome. I've also never been to a gay wedding. Yeah, I didn't unless bring that count, up. Unless we count yours. <laughs> I was just thinking the uh, just different kinds of weddings. I guess I've never... Yeah, they like uh, they break the glass and stuff. Yeah, no, I've seen it on TV. It's really cool. Looks sweet. She's awesome. He's awesome. It was a it was a great time. Are they both Jewish? Uh, well, I think whenever you marry in, you're like. He does have that long beard and wears that hat and. Uh... No, he's not Hasidic. Oh. Okay. He's... <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said anything. Anyway, we have 48 hours to. <laughs> To uh, to find something better because the wife thought this one was a little too pricey. Okay, and I'm like, yeah, but it's it looks really good. Look choice. Yeah. Um, he was telling us like there was one we were looking at on VRBO that Bravo. had that had zero reviews. That's it not good. Kind of looked too good to be true. And he said, I think you should stay away. But that was my wife's choice. Yeah, I would not do that. And so yeah, we personally we did not do that. But it's a very, I don't know, man. You're excited? Excited, but it's a stressful situation trying. <sighs> I kind of wish my wife would just do it and I wasn't involved. But I also don't want to stay in some. Dump. Some shithole. Yeah, I just <laughs> I, I feel like she'll the, opt the, for the price thing. The Rich Phillips booking. And then it'll end up being, you know, I was kind of telling her once they booked us at the ticket, like in a uh, terrible, terrible place in New Orleans. And just about all of us went and found our own hotel, like while yeah. there. And so now so much was being spent on hotels had they just spent that on the first, you know, whatever. Right. So I, I just I, I just don't want this. We're not going to go back probably. This is the only time we're going to go. I'm guessing. Maybe I'll become stoked on France and we'll do it all the time. But I'm just thinking that that I don't want it to be like we're locked in for a week now. Mm-hmm. If you pay for the Airbnb. And now what if like our memory of the trip is just how terrible the uh, living arrangements were. Now, I'm not looking for a mansion, but I'm also looking to be able to go to sleep. Our, our other daughter is going with us now. So that adds a whole level of expense and beating, to be honest. Yeah, because because if it was just me and the wife, well, whatever, we could just get a hotel room and be fine. Right. But now we got an, uh, we can't have a one room thing, with all of us going to sleep in that room. Of course not. I feel like we have to have a two room. There has to be at least two beds. Yeah. And now that's a you know, so the expense has gone up, but you know, I should have uh, kept it in my pants. I should not have had so many kids if I want to. You know, not complain about this stuff, but you know, that's uh, yeah. So it's I mean, all, all set. All, all all I had to do was just go to a laboratory. Yeah, and just well, you had to pull out your pants and put something in the petri dish. Yeah, I guess I did. And then hurriedly, uh, <laughs> it breaks. Is that the fastest you've ever driven when you're driving from your house? Because <laughs> you drive real slow, you say. 
But you had to get that there while it was still warm. Yeah, so there were two different ways. Uh, the first one, um, they did tell me I had 15 minutes. Uh-huh. And it, it was pretty close. And that was actually where, um, I don't know if Dr. Irwin worked there, but she was like associated with that, that clinic. And yeah, I did. I was like Vin Diesel. Well, why can't you just do it there? Uh, they didn't do that. Oh, because they did at my place. The second one, they just had like uh, it was like the the bank, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the the yeah, like you opened a door, put it in there, closed it, and you just like heard the I don't know. It's deposit. It's like you, yeah, yeah, you put the, put the yeah. check in there or something. The second you, time I did it, you didn't want to just do it in the parking lot. No, I didn't want to beat off in the parking lot, Blake. Just would fix the whole time thing, you no. know. Well, if your wife came with you, then you could. Yeah. They don't really could, allow that. You could keep yeah. it warm when she could just Jesus walk it Christ. in and kind of like spit it into the. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, I, I know I'm not supposed going. to stop you, but that was that, that, that was that was a lot more than I was expecting. I was expecting like a handy. <laughs> no, we're going too. all out. Yeah, yeah, we're going all out for you, dude. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Appreciate um, that. No, nah, but we beat we beat the brains off of them yesterday. So uh, that's what you were mostly asking. What are your stats? I got a penalty again. <laughs> yeah. Were you was holding it for your mouth? Was it from my? No, no, no. It was a. Uh, that's not out of the question, am I right? No, it's not. No, but yeah, little holding call. Mm. Did you feel it was warranted, or they could call it on every play? Okay, isn't that what they say? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I want to promote what's coming up this week. It's because, a lot. Yeah, we do have a lot going on. Um, Friday. So I think we're going to have our regular show schedule. We'll air two, you know, Monday, Tuesday, and then Thursday, Friday. But actually, one of those days we're going to be uh, time shifting it. We're going to record our lawyer roundtable. Heck yeah. And I'm expecting at least two episodes out of that. Because we've talked about... We haven't talked... Like, we don't rely on talking about our former employer um, very much at all. You know, we'll make mentions, but people are still like, hey, I want to know a little more inside stuff than you guys have revealed. And so we will do so. And I thought... We thought one of our things that we should do is actually get all of our lawyers together and let's just talk about that whole experience like when they joined us the whole courtroom experience what they thought when they were getting you know certain missives from uh, the other side and uh i don't know i think it could be fascinating stuff sure and uh it might not so that's why we're recording it live to tape this week and then we'll see and uh, no we'll probably just I just anticipate it's going to go more than two hours, to tell you the truth. Yeah. So uh, we're going to record that one of these days this week. Save that for the vacation. Speaking of the uh, Airbnb in Paris, that's going to be March, the week of March 11th. So uh, that is coming soon. Are you going to make fun of him? For what? I mean, you guys are both, like, the reason we're off that week is that both you guys need off. You already had two days as well. Let's not try this game. I think I started it, so I'm sorry. But we did kind of coordinate our vacations where we're off at the same time. 
Which is neat. For this one. For the show. Yeah. And then you just kind of slapped one in there. I just noticed this week. Like, yeah, well, oh, it's Blake's going on just in like, April. I feel like Blake has taken more vacation already. Me? This year. Like, he has planned something for April and June. June? I feel like you have planned more weeks of vacation than you were ever offered at your former employer. This rules. I'm not the guy anymore. <laughs> Am I wrong? Yes. I've I've always taken a ski trip in April and I've always gone a uh, golf trip in June. And you've always just had a week off in March? Uh I did which, last year cuz I did the Big 12 tournament last year too. Which you also called for? Damn. Yes. Okay, and he, he got you. And last year and I did the get, national championship for TCU. And you get weeks off during Chris. So how many weeks are we talking about? Uh do you want me to add up the days? No, I don't because really at care, the no. former I don't employer, actually I care. I don't actually care. And those yeah. 3 yeah. weeks are way less than 15. It is time to move on. I'll work every day of the week bum, if bum, you want bum, me to. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> it's time for a dumb zone interstitial. How does he own a logistics company? Um, can this I doesn't make any sense. Can I promote our Discord? For just a split second, because you said the lawyer roundtable, and uh, we've had some people advise us to start a Discord for a reason. I'm still trying to figure out, uh, but there actually is a Q and A page on the Discord, and if you will go to your Patreon, you can get to our Discord through there. And if you have any questions for the lawyers, put it in there. And if it's good enough, maybe we'll read it and we'll ask the lawyers about it. So as this is a free episode, what if there's people that are not subscribed to patreon.com slash the dumb zone? Can they also get in there? Because you said go to your Patreon. Hmm. Is this where I'm supposed to say, no, you're actually supposed to sign up and go to a, and subscribe? Oh, is that your plan? No, yeah, I didn't. I thought when we talked this morning, I didn't even know you wanted to bring up Discord because you said, I don't really know how it works. Yeah. It sounds well, like it'd be good. Uh, I've uh, secretly got a Discord team on the side with uh, Tyler and Nick, who's been helping me out. Okay. Um, and in there is a Q&A folder. And Tyler tells me through Patreon, you go to your other apps in there uh, through your subscriptions, and you can go to the Dumb Zone Discord. And so I've posted a few things in there. And if you want to keep up with the show and comment and ask questions for the lawyers, go to our Discord. Jake, there's just too much stuff. Is that the sort of thing I don't that, know about <clears throat> like, hypothetically, if I still worked at the ticket, I would be allowed to do? Depends on who you are. What do you? What do you mean? Like, is it different? Like I'm just wondering, like, if I still worked at the ticket, could I do like a Twitch thing and then have a Discord and like? Oh, only if you're in the mornings. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So would this be also, would we want... Dan, you are entering the I don't give a fuck era. I'm, I'm not... Do you see me yeah, like, no, upset I don't, I about don't, anything? No, not at all. Uh, again, I want the attitude to be yes and around here. Let's, yes uh, and. Let's, let's just do that. We go yes and. Uh, would this be something, should we throw a little love to our Reddit guys? Because yeah. our Reddit page is um, I call pretty them, big and active. Uh, people. What? Not guys. Oh, okay. Humans. Yeah. Well, I, I, I identify all those people as men. <laughs> <laughs> Out of respect. Yeah. Well, we've already got five or six questions in here. This is great. 
That doesn't seem like a lot. Okay, I put it. I, I posted it this morning. Like like a Reddit thread as well, and then maybe yeah. they can go in there and whatever. So yeah. So then uh, once we do the lawyer roundtable, the lawyer roundtable will actually be recording it live to tape on Friday. Sure. So uh, have your questions in by then, right, Blake? Yes. Can you like tweet out the link? I will. Yes, I'll do that. Okay. But it would be cool if you subscribed and got it that way. I like your hat. Me or are you just saying to anybody? Uh, anybody. Should I subscribe? Um, yeah, it'd kind of help. How do you do that? Oh, something else I was doing this. So I'm trying to, we're trying to fix your, I don't know. (laughs) We're trying to coordinate all the stuff we have. Yeah. And so I went and dusted off my Instagram account. Oh my God. Do you have an Instagram? Graham McDowell. (laughs) No. No. It's now Bracket Dan. Okay. You were able to. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Some idiot. Someone took Bracket Dan. Oh uh, no! If I if it's you, you're not an idiot. Please contact me and give me the, <laughs> let me have the number. So it's bracket Dan sixty nine. Okay. It used to be uh, Graham McDowell, and I'm trying to uh, align all my things. So it's uh, bracket Dan at Hotmail, bracket Dan whatever. So um, look at you. Yeah, you know, I'm just business guy. I'm just trying to have synergy. I think mine is still uh, Kemp thirteen ten. Someone have to do a little something oh. something about that. Okay. I'm going to follow both of you guys right now. Never posted. I think I've thrown two pictures up there, but I kind of think, I don't know, they say that's pretty big deal, this Instagram. I I don't know, dude. uh, I don't know either, but, uh, you know, it's like we were talking to somebody the other day about our marketing, which is, you know, non-existent. Pretty much. And uh, they were asking us, well, where are most of your listeners? And we were thinking, well, maybe it's on Twitter. Because we do interact a lot. And I think that's just where we are. Like our listener, I'll bet you a lot of people are on this Facebook thing, but we just are never on there. You know? Uh, no, they're not. You don't feel like they are? No. Well, I mean, I think most of them live in India. The, the Facebook? Our, our Facebook numbers aren't aren't very good. Our Instagram numbers are pretty good. But it doesn't mean people listening right now don't have Facebook. They just oh. might not really interact on it. I don't know. Yeah. It just feels like Instagram is a pretty big deal. Facebook's a pretty big deal. And we kind of ignore that stuff just because we don't really interact with it. But apparently, if you're going to have a business like this... I feel like I just have to like you need to not be on Instagram. Like It's just too much butts. It's... Yeah, it's my guilty pleasure. It's too much butts. What does that mean, like, Blake? I just don't think I can... I, I think it's bad for me. I agree. Well, you say that about Twitter. <laughs> it's very yeah, different. Yeah, Twitter's bad for, like, you know, negative, uh, I don't know, news or whatever. Like I said, I watched a guy light himself on fire, like, four times this morning. But Instagram is just <laughs> like... <laughs> Why four times? It was amazing. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I feel like Instagram is just like... TNA. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like I need that. <laughs> That's why Blake's on board? Yeah, sometimes. And, like, the, the, the worst part is, like, you know that they're serving you whatever you want to see. I hate that they know me so well. I know. So it's just like, <laughs> okay, well, how do these butts just keep getting bigger? Yeah. <laughs> and they just, like, keep serving them to me. And I'm like, all right, well, I should delete this app. Yeah. I go through that song and dance a lot. Yeah. Delete, reinstall, feel bad, delete, <laughs> reinstall. What is more what is what is a more depressing situation than being like I'm going to re-download the app? <laughs> I just want to see. I can handle it this time. <laughs> All right, so I was um 
so beaten. I already played the uh, interstitial like 10 minutes ago, but you want to slide right into Johnny Manziel talk? Yeah. Yeah, I can do that. Um, so Johnny Manziel was on Club Shay Shay. Is that really what Shannon Sharp decided on? Yeah, and this is – I don't think this is the first time – well, maybe it is the first time we've played audio from it, but, you know, he had Cat Williams on there like uh, like a month ago, and that made, like, huge news. Yeah, that was big. Yeah. What's the deal with that? I think he it was, was – ripping, ripping comedians or something? Yeah, like Cedric the Entertainer uh, stole a bit from him. Steve Harvey stole a bit from him. Okay, that's delicious. Yeah. It's a. It's actually like a really good podcast. They kind of just like get drunk, and he just lets people talk. It's a really good segue. Into it's a good this. idea for a show, um, yeah. <clears throat> which is, you know, I was talking to somebody about podcasting this weekend, and just that whole. It is interesting that, you know, some podcasts though, like that, you would say, or Mark Marin, aren't they solely based on who they have on? Like, you're never going to listen to Mark Marin if it's somebody you're not interested in. Or if it's just like Mark Marin. That's what I mean. It's yeah, all about yeah. the guest. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway. For sure. Sorry. Back to you, Blake. Um, yeah, but you, you're trying to loosen the guest up, right? By doing that? With the drinking? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, and they, they, I think like they sort of forget that they're being interviewed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So, like I said, that's a really good segue uh, for this opening clip. This is the first 15 seconds of the show. Uh, Shannon Sharp says something that I think you guys should start saying about this show. Hello, welcome to another episode of Club Shay Shay. I am your host, Shannon Sharp. I'm also the proprietor of Club Shay Shay. And I am the proprietor of the of Dragon Den Productions. Uh, yeah. DBA. Yes. Proprietors. Okay. Dumb Zone proprietors. Um, I don't know. I thought that was a cool intro. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> yeah, Shannon Sharp is drinking wine. Um, I'm, I'm playing this for Dan. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Club Shay Shay. I am your host, Shannon Sharp. I'm also the proprietor of Club Shay Shay. And the guy that's stopping by for conversation today, Johnny Menzel. What's up, baby? Bro, how Thank you doing? Having me. Thank you for having me. Long time coming, man. Thank you, bro. I don't want to toast. I know you don't drink anymore. You don't drink good. anymore, right? No right, good. right, right now I'm in the way. Don't want to toast the water, but nevertheless, nah, all you, bro. Baby. Appreciate, I appreciate, I appreciate the offer. Just like Steve-O, I kind of want my Manziel drunk and drinking or smoking cigarettes. Yeah, he's off it, huh? Yeah. Uh, I think he's just in a. He kind of said right now. Right now. Yeah. Okay. okay. I, mean, I like I, that. I mean, when I saw him <laughs> last summer, I didn't. Uh, I didn't actually meet him, um, but two of my friends did: David Ruff and KJ Ellis, and. He got was a picture. At the same bar as us, and he was definitely, yeah, he was consuming, and it was like three o'clock in the afternoon, and he was smoking cigarettes. Okay, so is this a rehab thing, or in he's in trouble thing? No, I think it's probably just like some people like that just like go through stages where they're just like, I'm off it for Not a little today. while. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. I immediately thought of Stevo, where Dan doesn't want it. Yeah, so <laughs> um, you're y'all are gonna have to remind me because the Manzel documentary. Uh, came out on his time at A&M over the summer, and I, I don't remember what we covered from that. Um, so I'm just going to play one clip from A&M, his time at A&M, um, because this kind of made waves of Manziel said, and now consider this is pre-NIL, that he would have stayed at A&M for a sum of money, uh, but Kevin Sumlin said no. I'm leaving to go to the draft, and I'll paint a picture for you. It's 2000, the spring of... 
2014, December 2013, right in there about December, January, I'm getting ready to make this decision on if I'm going to the NFL draft or I'm going to stay. And I found this out five years later from my dad. But my dad went and had a meeting with Kevin Sutland and pretty much went to him man to man and was like, we'll take three million bucks and we'll stay for the next two years. And my dad says this is true as as today as he did when he told me. He laughed. He did the same thing that he did when Cliff Kingsbury asked him to be the highest paid offensive coordinator the year before. And Cliff would have stayed with me another year and we would have ran it back and gone for another one. Right. But he comes to someone, he asks him for X amount, someone, he had this ego about him that what we built, we, was all him. And the crazy part to me is he only asked for $3 million. Did he ask or did he just get offered that? I guess. Well, I his dad approached someone, hey, pay us $3 million, we'll stay for two years. I mean, how would that even have worked, though? I mean, under the they, table. They talk, yeah. Uh, Shannon Sharp admits to getting stuff when he was recruited. Manziel admitted to getting money. I mean, they 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 made up the fact that Manziel came from money just to explain how he's courtside or how he has all these cars. Yeah, and I've heard a bunch of conflicting reports about that. I mean, I don't know that he was like as wealthy as maybe. Sometimes he's been portrayed to be, but I don't think he was, like, broke. No, he definitely wasn't broke, but his dad was selling cars when he was coming up. Yeah, and but he I mean... And he got a better job down in Kerrville, I think, or... Yeah. But not that kind of money. Also, did he have two more years left? Yeah. Because he, he redshirted the fight year, right? Yeah, he, he was the first freshman to win... Yeah, the Heisman, the Heisman. Yeah. Yeah. Then the yes. next year he had the meltdown year. Yeah. Well, not meltdown, but. Yeah, they played Duke in the bowl game. But, yeah, he had his junior and senior years. He was never going to stay for two more years, though. Ever. I don't know. That's what he's saying. But it is kind of funny, though, that, like, at the time we all thought, is it Cliff? Is it Kevin Sumlin? Is it Johnny? None of them have really turned out to be all that successful in the postscript of it, right? I mean, I guess, obviously, Cliff has an NFL job now. And I, I mean, it was Johnny. Awesome. It was Johnny. The way... It was, it, you know, it was Johnny, and it was a moment in time. Yeah, it was the perfect storm. It was just that there was just nothing anybody could do about what he was doing. And and the fact that they had just gone to the SEC, I feel like that, like, helped tremendously with, like, the, the bright lights of it. You know, like, is, is that A&M story as big of a deal if they're beating Iowa State he, it, instead even of admits, Alabama? No, because a part of his uh, red shirt year, because he got into trouble, right? You said the fight year? Yeah, he got, yeah. Uh, he was like fourth on the depth chart that year he got arrested. And he said fourth on the depth chart, he may or may not travel, and we're going to Ames, Iowa. Yeah. Like, he was so checked out. And yeah. so that's a part of it, yeah, the move to the SEC. Yeah, if he had had that year and they knocked off Texas – Kansas State. Or whatever, you know, yeah. whatever they run through the Big 12, it wouldn't have been, yeah, when it's you knock off Alabama at Alabama. Yeah. 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 So, um, and, you know, a lot of that A&M Man, stuff was covered in the documentary. <laughs> it was so much fun. I know. I know. It was so um, much fun. He, he begins to detail his drug use uh, while in the league, and we get a, a pretty viral clip from this, but it is amazing what he had to overcome uh, from his behavior off the field. 
that persona that I had on the football field of being able to have that confidence <laughs> translated over into the party scene as well. Mm. I'm the guy, right. just like I am on the field, in the club, in the streets. Mm -hmm. So it's all in front of you if you want it and you're hanging around the wrong circles. It ain't hard to find at all. Right. So, you know, you get around people who you think you look up to or this or that, and then it just goes. And then it kind of goes and it snowballs and it keeps getting worse. And you go from cocaine to Oxycontin to Percocets to mushroom. I mean, to I look at the mushrooms as a different thing now. That's not Can a good thing to quick? say, but like. I do like that he's like accounting for the fact that mushrooms are now viewed as therapeutic. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like he's like, all right, yeah, pain pills, pain pills, cocaine, cocaine, and he's like mushrooms. Mushrooms are not that bad, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was when I heard that I I laughed. Let's rewind, get some of these drugs again. Keeps getting worse, and you go from cocaine to oxycontin to Percocets to mushroom. I mean, to I look at the mushrooms as a different thing now. That's not a good thing to say, <laughs> but like the harder drugs, the drugs that like tear you down. I never did anything with needles. Never did anything like that. But the Coke and the Oxy. You always have your mind, you know? <laughs> I know. Like, dude, <laughs> I, I can't, I I can't tell you how many times I've said that. Yeah, yeah. I'm I like, mean, come uh, on. Ah, no, not needles. really a drug addict. Yeah. <laughs> Never did math. Needles. Never did anything like that. But the Coke and the Oxys and the Percocet were very, very tumultuous in my life and like popped their head, especially the days of wandering around the Hollywood Hills. And it makes sense why you see me so sporadic and like, I was 210 pounds when I left Cleveland. I was 170 pounds sitting in Vegas that August, that September, October, whatever it was later in that year. 40? How you lose 40 pounds? You're on a strict diet of blow. Oh, I was about to say, <laughs> you don't want either one of them. I mean, you lose 40 pounds in that length of time, you on crack. Or Ozempic. <laughs> it's a so house, housewife shot. Yeah, so is he saying that that's after Cleveland released him? Yeah. Or like in one off season. Okay. No, I think he, yeah, the, the last year. Yeah. Was he is he intimating was he doing coke while playing? I didn't get that vibe for the Browns. I don't think so. I don't it, think it maybe, so, but maybe painkillers, but I don't think he was taking hard drugs. Dude, and you know, I guess it, we're not journalists, so I don't really have to like substantiate any of this, but I mean, I would hear from people that were on campus at the time that were like, dude, this dude is drinking at halftime. Dang. So that's not the same as like Coke or Oxys or whatever, but that he would just like keep fireball in the locker room. That's guzzle up and just go out there and ball in the second half. No problem. Yeah. It's, it's really amazing to me. Cause like, him saying, I'm the guy, I got to be the guy at the party, I got to be the guy doing the most, whatever. I mean, if you think logically, if you are Johnny Manziel. Well, the two clauses you Yeah, just I suppose Johnny Manziel <laughs> was not thinking logically. And it, it's like the, it's the reason I'm, you know, one of the reasons you can be so impressed with LeBron. You're kind of given the keys to everything early on. Yet you still remain like You're right. you, exactly. Yeah, but had you been this, you know, Johnny Manziel, you would think, well, at the worst, not at the worst, because the worst is what happened to him. But you could be a backup quarterback in the league. You can make 
a minimum of a million a year, probably a couple million a year for a decade. You don't really get hit a lot. Like who's Chase Daniel? What a great career, dude! If you think about it, my buddy RG. Uh, yeah. Like I mean, he he was in the league for twelve years by just being like smart. Yeah, and just you walk out with ten million, twenty million in the bank. Yeah. You uh, you know, just like it, I always think of uh, was it Rick Meyer with Drew Bledsoe? Rick Meyer was number two overall pick back then. Drew Bledsoe number one. You would think Rick Meyer big bust. Certainly he was for the team that drafted him number two overall. But he ended up a career backup for 15 years, and he was a great you know teammate and great backup to have and support. Like that's a great career. Yeah, but you just knew Manziel was never going to be that guy. Like even same with RG three. Yeah, I kind mean, of. But RG three was a little bit different because it was like uh, his success was so scheme specific. Like I, I, I would actually say that about like uh, pre Neil Kaepernick. Like when people would be like, "Oh, why wouldn't you just sign Kaepernick as a backup?" It's like Neil. Like before Kaepernick oh, was like kneeled. <laughs> kneeling was to like, the anthem. I thought his name was Colin. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Neil. Not Neil O'Donnell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I just mean like there's something like incredibly specific about their skill sets that you would have to like sort of flip it. You would have to be with a team with a quarterback like, similar. That's what people used to say like the Ravens would sign Colin Kaepernick, right? Is right. It, they could still run like. Well, they did. Yeah, yeah. Didn't yeah. they have RG three for a bit as their backup? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So some of that, some of that, like carries over a little bit. You know, because it's really funny whenever we hear Cooper Rush here, uh, yell, "Here we go." <laughs> well, like, and is oh, that, that why? Doesn't really work. Is that why uh, Cam Newton has complained about him not being able to get a shot as a backup? Yeah. Is that the same thing? Like, I think it's completely the same thing. And and, and you can't run a same offense sometimes with Cam Newton. And I think like the ego is a huge part of it. I think uh, there's no doubt that in that era, like Johnny Manziel had like a massive ego. He did, um, but in a couple clips I'm about to play, it's amazing. He's been humbled. (laughs) How He had a pretty low self-esteem in the league. Um, And in fact, let me just get to that now. Um, So the big bulk of the second part uh, was his time in Cleveland. And I got a couple clips here, and he just details that events that happened um, that led him to just quit uh, being in the NFL. And the first one uh, is Brian Hoyer, of all people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Kyle Shanahan was the most detailed person that I had ever seen in my life. And mm-hmm. I thought Cliff Kingsbury was really, really good, but Shanahan took it to a different level. Mm-hmm. He could coach 11, 12 positions on the offense. Um, detail, hat placement, hand placement, every single thing. So our meetings and things were incredibly detailed. My quarterback room was not a home for me because of Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer had been waiting on opportunity to be able to go really provide for his family, get an opportunity, and he saw how much of an upper hand he had on me, Mm -hmm. and he didn't hold back when it came to that. So there was instances in the quarterback room early on where I would ask the same question a couple times and he'd be at the head of the table and go, again, we're doing this again. Wow. 
keep him out of it, right? Wow. Let's just cut that off. And I don't have a bad word to say about Brian Hoyer. That Do is it. just fact of what happened in that room. Damn. So, and we'll we'll get further into it. Um, but yeah, uh, as a rookie, and he's even admitted at A and M. The stuff he was able to do was just magic. It wasn't like, hey, we're going to free you up on it this third down. and roll. Yeah. yeah, it was just back to throw. Nobody's open. Let me just run around for a little bit. Chad Mike Evans. And, yeah, and three first-round picks on the offensive line. Yeah. And you can get away with that in college sometimes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because have you seen lately, this is about a month ago, I think, Brady was picking apart somebody or doing some kind of quarterback film study. And saying, yeah, oftentimes when you see like somebody uh, make something out of nothing, that person has actually made poor reads that has led them to having to run. Well, that's why uh, that's why the Mahomes evaluation was so tough. Is that everybody would look at like what Texas Tech was doing, and they're like, well, why is he bailing two point three into the dropback? And are these route concepts, like, viable at the NFL level? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Vince Young, for example, was, like, a, a very tough NFL evaluation, whereas, like, if you play in a pro-style offense in college, people are like, okay, you know. You can do this. You can do this. But a lot of times, you kind of want, like, the best of both worlds or whatever, but... I don't know, like just throwing Brian Hoyer under the table. No, that sounds <laughs> incredible. I love this kind of stuff. I love learning stuff years after the fact. Yeah. Okay. And when you're watching, you wonder, why did – because you were one of the few guys who was actually yelling pretty loud that Johnny Manziel will not be good. Why did I think that? Yeah, was part of it the pro-style offense type thing? Was No, it, it was his... uh, that people would tell me that he was an alcoholic and he was 5'11". Okay. And I'm like, all right, well, that that seems like two two marks against you. Like, if you're going to be an NFL quarterback, you kind of have to be. I, I would prefer an NFL quarterback that, like, wants to go to a mega church. <laughs> because you can probably get away with being in a lot of positions. Yeah, yeah, for sure. In the sure. NFL and have lots of uh, off-the-field off activities. Problems, yeah, but, yeah. You, you, <laughs> That's why you love Trevor Lawrence so much. I think he's great. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think he loves his wife, and I think he probably ninety five percent of the time has missionary sex, and I think that's what I want out of my quarterback. Yeah, I don't want a guy who's like, you know, I don't know. I Jake, wanna... Jake wants his quarterback to do missionary. Yeah, Got it. basically, yeah, and I think Dak fits that bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so you mentioned just learning behind the scenes stuff. Uh, probably don't like. Brian Hoyer, but you're going to love Josh McCown. So I'm not saying a word. Now I'm struggling. Now I'm getting behind. Now I don't know the detail of the plays because I'm not going home and dialing it in even more. In the building, I studied film. Okay. I wanted to watch these Rex Grossman clips of Washington and Shanahan. I wanted to watch RG3 2012 season. I wanted to see how you do this stuff. And I watched it. Did I grind it the way that Peyton Manning does? Absolutely not. I didn't even know that was a thing until Josh McCown got in the building the next year. And when Josh McCown came in, the shift in that room went through the roof of positivity. When I got there, he comes up to me and he goes, you want to be a great quarterback? I go, yeah. 
He goes, tie a string to the end of my backpack and you can follow me around wherever you want and I'll show you what it takes to really be a quarterback in the NFL. Now when that goes to the practice field and we're out there and we're dialing in these bang eights, we're throwing the comeback. McCown's sitting there like, you can fucking do this. I can't make that throw, but you can't. What do you think that does for a second year player's confidence? Through the roof. Through the roof. That's awesome. And I wonder how much, if he had been able to stay like a little bit more on the straight and narrow, like if he could have actually pulled this off. Because like, I think like the, the, the blueprint was like Drew, Drew Brees, right? It was like, can he be Drew Brees? Can't see over the line, but if he can, if he can hit, as he said, the bang eight and the comeback, which he had the arm to do, then, you know, can he exist in the league? And and that's exactly, <laughs> it's funny, because that's exactly what you're talking about with Chase uh, Chase Daniel or whoever else. That's Josh McCown. Yeah, so this... Like, that's a guy who can exist in the league for 15 years and be like, just follow me and I'll show you. Just, this is how we do it. Well, does this lend to the, you know, you've wondered about certain guys. Well, what if they were drafted by this team? Right. Would they, would things have been different? Number one, we thought Cleveland might be better for him because he's him. It's And not not Dallas, it's Cleveland. Like, it's, you know, 11 p.m., things are done there. Right. But then you think of the how many this used to be a thing. I don't know how much it is now, but I remember it like with Eli Manning. The Giants acquired Eli Manning, but they also got I don't remember. Is it Steve DeBerg? They acquired another real veteran quarterback who was used like he had done it before. He had been around saying, you're going to start at first. Uh, but more importantly than that, and now you might just have too much money invested. You don't. You want to. You're got to start right away. But you're go- going to teach you how to be an NFL quarterback. I'll bet Peyton Manning would have been not Peyton. Eli Manning would have been fine either way because he's the Manning. Well, we bring up uh, Mark Sanchez with Dak all the time, right? And that's immediately what I thought of listening to this. Like Romo wanted, no but that part wasn't of it. why he was acquired. No, it wasn't it just why so he was happened. acquired. But. But that's the important. But yes, Mark so, Sanchez was like an extremely high pick. That right. So when he's saying uh, he brought Brian Hoyer in, Brian Hoyer at the time was thinking, "I want to start. I want to get that contract. I want." He wasn't Brian Hoyer of today, or maybe a few years ago, was more of a career backup, and you knew who he was. But at the time, at the time, maybe he thought, "I'm trying to make." That's what at least what Manziel yeah. is intimating there, yeah. right? Yes. And but you bring in. Uh, who was the next McCown. one? McCown. At that point in his career, he's career backup. He's guy. I'm bringing you in to be Crash Davis. Do you know Crash Davis? Yeah, the uh, Kevin Costner character in Boulder. Boulder. Well, you never know. No, I know. I think that's that was great, that was a great. I love that movie. I'm, I'm glad Blake kick was ass able to reference too. Yeah. But the nuke. So you know that just shows how important it is to. I mean, yeah. with this position. You probably want to make every expenditure you can to like, hey, and especially if you're scouting Johnny Manziel. Yeah. I don't think it would have been hard to know about his party habits. No. So it's a, hey. No, I don't think so. Let's get this guy in here to help not only the coaching staff, but I need this guy to kind of be his mentor. 
It, this it clearly is a, you know, when you look at the Browns as a clown organization, like, is it just the, yeah, it's the Browns. He might have had a better chance somewhere else. He might have always flamed out, but had he been led by, maybe if he had McCown from, from the get-go, it could have been different. But yeah, that just places the importance on that room. And for a young guy, and like I said, he's obviously dealing with a low opinion of himself that he can't do this. And a guy mocking him in the in the film room gets to him. Because you mock it. It's because well, you, you mock it. it. But just like it seemed like this guy was on top of the world and come to find out like one little thing set him off. So I, w- I will tell you this, though. Like I, I do think that like he could have had uh, a higher degree of success had he been with a non-Cleveland organization. But as a, as a, a veteran therapy guy, I can just tell you, like when I listen to him talk, like that guy needed a lot of help. Does Whether it sound it was, like he's been through therapy since then? Yeah, and like I still feel like he's got a maybe a ways to go. Um, when I hear him talk now, but like I just feel like he's he talks like a guy who needed a lot of intervention because he still is. I mean, if you're blaming, you're blaming others. Yeah, and like the key is like, are you a hundred percent blaming others, or are you getting closer to fifty percent blaming others? Whereas I feel like if you would have interviewed him 10 years ago, he would have said, like, none of this is my fault. And now he's like, well, half of this was my fault. And so to me, he just sounds like a guy who always probably had, I don't know if it's like a chemical imbalance or just the way that he was raised or whatever. It feels like he was going to have a hard time in the NFL no matter what. And he's 5'11". Yes, but... <laughs> There's also that. Yeah, a lot of it is just like he's just very fragile. Yeah. And um, which feeds into this next clip. So you asked, like, was it Cleveland? Yes. Um, and here's, like, here's the, the straw that broke the camel's back. And I start to get confidence and I start to do this. Um, and then life happens to me again to where I'm not taking care of myself. Right. And I'm frustrated in the building and I'll never forget probably about week 13 or 14 of the season. I'm walking out of Coach Petten's office or I'm upstairs in the, uh, where the coaches' offices are in Cleveland. And I walk by Jimmy O'Neill's office and he's like, hey, Johnny, come in here for a sec. I'm like, oh, it's our defensive coordinator. I'm like, what's up, coach? And I'm chill with everybody. Like, I'm up, that's just how I am. And he's like, sitting back at his desk. I got his foot up and he goes, you know, we'd be a really good football player if you got your head out of your ass. And I'm like, so caught off guard. Now this confidence that I'm building is immediately just, now, I don't know if he meant it in a way or just like, you know, you're two and two and 12 and your team is struggling and you're like, you know, looking to ways to vent or whatever it was, but this happened. And when I left that, that office and I went back down to the quarterback room, I was white as a ghost. So white that Josh McCown looked at me just like you are and was like, what happened? And I'm like stuttering through this story. And Josh McCown gets up out of his seat and walks straight up to that to that fucking office. Now, what was said, I don't exactly know what it is. But when he came back in that room, he was pissed. He said, you don't do that in this league with a young guy and somebody like you just don't build him up. You can't break his confidence. Break me in half. And from there, I was broken. I didn't give a fuck. I didn't care about that team. I didn't care about that 
what my role was, and there's no excuse. All of these things led up to be the perfect failure, and at the end of the day, it's on my shoulders. But when you're starting to get a little momentum and you get broken like that, that's when the running to Vegas happened and me missing the last game of the season. That's when the wig story comes out and when I'm really like running two, three weeks after this. When this happened, I go straight home. I go straight to my basement. I get the biggest bottle of Hennessy out of the bottom of the of the drawer, and now I'm sitting in the basement. I'm listening to Future every second, every day. I'm partying by myself just to try and like get out of this reality of a situation that I'm living in with a head coach that wants nothing to do with me, with a DC who's saying, if I get my head out of my ass, we'll have a chance. Just this whole perfect storm of just like, fuck this. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, I was done. So I would say this. Now I think he would have never made it just because his mental makeup. <laughs> no matter what, if Josh McCann was in there from the beginning. I mean, I feel like certain guys, it's your mental makeup. Yeah. And maybe that's out of his control in the end. Yeah, yeah. It's But it's kind of like what you bring up with uh, like LeBron earlier. Like LeBron is programmed as a cyborg. But it isn't because we brought in this guy to usher him, you know, no. to he, it's you not just a coach. It's not a vet. It's just, that's the way that his brain is. And I'm not, I'm not saying, well, I may possibly my mental makeup is better, but the point is like, I just remember I had a really rough time in a, the stop before when I came to Dallas, I was in uh, Dayton, Ohio. And I had a guy that I would walk in the, the guy who was our program director at the time. And there were two of them in my time there. So if any of them either hear that ever hear this, they can uh, decide which one of us <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, was a this Spider-Man meme. But I would, uh, I would, I would sneak in the back door so I would never have to see. Like it was a, he was a terror to me, and it was very emotionally difficult to where. Um, I remember I just got a notebook and would write about it, and that to me was like a release of it somehow. I guess some people have to talk it out. I would not really do that as much. I just somehow I just had to write about. Man, I'd love to find that old notebook and just see what a a wuss I was. <laughs> just, but it was just like to live through it. And I was, uh, you know, getting my car repoed. I was not making the money Johnny Manziel is making, or just didn't have you know that. There was no real opportunities in front of me where, like, even him as a – if I fail at this, I could still be a backup. And, like, it was – so I wonder about his mental makeup if that – But he was dealing with a lot of pressure. I mean, first-round pick, you're going to be Cleveland's savior. Skip Bayless is saying you're going to be bigger than LeBron is. I mean, I'm sure that – Was Drake writing songs about you? But that yeah, exacerbates even... the – you know, that he, if you don't have the mental makeup – I mean, maybe he had the mental makeup to be a six-round pick. Dude, I mean, we talked about it whenever we watched that documentary. It was basically like, he was like, I just had fun playing football. Like, I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to be like some, like, alpha, everything has got to be about work all the time. Like, that's how NFL quarterbacks succeed. That's what they have to do, right? Yes. I mean, people make fun of me for bringing up Mahomes, but I've seen what he does. And it doesn't look fun. So do you have Mission to... Missionary? No. So again, how do you evaluate Possibly. that? I mean... 
out of college? Is it interviews? Is it this and that? Is it yeah? I think out? most most teams can sniff it out pretty quick. Okay, so <laughs> this was I think the Browns are like. <laughs> does this go back to Jimmy Haslam and the homeless guy? Yeah, I mean, I think most teams. He said he met a homeless out guy outside quickly. their facility who said you got to draft Johnny Manziel, and that put him over the top. Jeez, yeah. I wonder if and now they've given two hundred and forty-eight million dollars to Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I wonder where they where he falls if the Browns don't take him. I mean, twenty one was pretty late for a freshman Heisman Trophy winner. Certainly, you would think someone in the second round at least is going to take a shot. Probably, like the value. Probably, but most teams are able to. Probably here. Probably here would have been the I other mean, if, if option. They talked him out of doing it in the first round. The first he's round. still there in the second round. It's possible. I, I would but say there's, there's a, very little chance. Jerry is saying, wait. The second round? Yeah, you're probably yeah. right. But there's like five. Because how teams many second can... round flyers have they taken? Yeah, a lot. A lot. But could you imagine him saying, "Yeah, and Tony Romo, front row." Because <laughs> yeah. it have been the same thing. Romo yeah. would have treated him, lo- <laughs> yeah. treated him horrible. And so you've mentioned it, LeBron a couple times. This is the last thing I'll play. Um, LeBron tried to take Johnny under his wing. Do you remember this? No. It was a big deal, dude. Well, he, maybe I will if he he uh, yeah LeBron and. Um, uh, Car- Maverick Carter yeah. signed him and was just trying to help him along. Um, and he does take some accountability. I'll, I'll give him that. They gave me the best fighting chance and built a team around me. And the thing that I realize now is the reason why they're probably still pissed at me to this day. They don't lose. They don't They don't bet on anything that's not a short. He's talking about LeBron and Maverick Carter mm-hmm. when, when they don't lose. When they sign an athlete. Like I mean, Amy Schumer. <laughs> I don't understand that joke. Have you guys not seen that clip of LeBron talking about uh, Luca from the shop? Oh, and she's in the room? Yeah, it's oh. like it's a weird <laughs> 10 seconds. It just pans to Amy <laughs> yeah. Schumer. It's like, all right, what are your thoughts on his step back? But it almost the way he's starting to describe this, though, sounds to me kind of like Nike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Phil Knight. Like if Nike Never says, miss. I'm putting it on you, then you are the next one. Yeah. yeah. They gave me the best fighting chance and built a team around me. And the thing that I realize now is the reason why they're probably still pissed at me to this day. They don't lose. They don't they don't bet on anything that's not a sure thing. And what I did and the way I carried myself and the way that I was in my time during Cleveland was pure and blatant disrespect to them for giving me everything that I could have ever needed to be successful. So something that still to this day, I think now that we're talking about it, I haven't completely, truly got over yet. You know how I let them down, um, and I remember this is how bad off I was whenever I was in Cleveland. You know, LeBron would text me every week to come over to the house and watch a game or play poker with the boys, and just tried to be there. And I was so depressed for the first time in my life that even my biggest role model and inspiration in my life couldn't get me out of bed to come and hang out with them. Wow. You know, when I went to the Cavs games, I went, I was in, I was out. I didn't really grasp and latch on um, to him in a way that I should have. And he tries to take me under his wing, right? And I'm just kind of nudging it away because of where my mental is and being just fully depressed and where I was in my life. Is that an excuse? Absolutely not. Because at the end of the day, the respect that I should have for them, giving me everything, should trump all else. Man, that hurts. Yeah. Yeah, you had that. That hurts. You have that support behind you. But, I mean, I, I still do think that, you know, the fact that he's willing to talk about it now um, in some ways 
means that he has come a long way because that is the worst part about it is like when you can't get out of bed. The worst part about it is when you're like, I just don't want to do anything. LeBron James wants me to come over and watch a game with him. And you're so depressed. You're like, I can't get out of bed. And everybody expects you to, you know, be a franchise quarterback. So, I don't know. That's tough. That's really tough. Yeah. I mean, just the, I mean, he he seems so well thought out. Like it, he has discussed this with somebody that's trained. Yeah, yeah. Like the way he is able to just speak on his thoughts and go back to that moment and perfectly illustrate what he was going through. But, dude, I mean, I was 23 when he was at A&M winning. Like, he was such a big deal. And looking back, like, listening to his answers, it's such a facade. Like, he was on top of the world. I actually would not say that that's a facade. I would say that that's how a lot of people are. I would say that a lot of people are that present that way that's like it's like they don't have a middle ground so it's like the way that you are publicly and the way that you are privately are extremes as opposed to being like a grounded middle of the road person does that make sense yeah like i think a lot of people like mike tyson for example right like hasn't mike tyson talked about like being like incredibly depressed before but he was like the baddest mfer of all time like i think that's pretty common that people that are just like all the way out there confident when they get by themselves and quiet they don't feel that great about themselves yeah and maybe i just i haven't learned that yet but for him to like you said just i mean drake rapped a song for him to walk across the draft stage yeah that was really weird and he is partying with everybody and at the end of the day like some defensive coordinator is the guy that broke him like that's and he's taking solace in Josh McCown. <laughs> that is crazy. That does feel like a low point. <laughs> and so and getting busted by Brian Hoyer. Yeah, like things, man. Yeah, I tough. don't know. It's it was just very confusing for a I guy forgot that, about Mike Pettin, by the way. Yeah, and he was he was saying Pettin didn't want him, and of course he didn't. But um, I don't know. It's just strange, man, to just see what he did at A and M, and then to go to Cleveland and. He built a stadium. No confidence at all, and to go with the, uh, it was an amazing two-hour listen. And he's, I mean, he speaks very well. Like it was very easy to listen to him talk about everything for a couple hours. It was not sporadic. It was very concise. And is he a pro golfer yet? Not yet. Okay. What's the timeline on that? <sighs> I'd have to go back and check the notes, but he's. He said by the time he was thirty. He gave himself Might a decade. Or this or is a while back, yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. 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 All right. Good stuff, Blake. Thanks. It's very, it's very funny if you uh, have uh, single female friends, and you're like, if your wife is friends with them, to watch them all gather around a phone. Yeah. And just go to work. You could tell the messages that came from a group of girls rather than just one. Yeah. They're like no, if they're real aggressive, no. if they have a pickup line, that's a maybe. Yeah, and then you got pretty good at looking at their profiles and finding out, oh, she's the fat one in the group. <laughs> Jeez, you had to know. Were you wary of like the close-up face picture? Like, oh my gosh, if she's not showing any s- of her body, I had a set of rules. Yeah, go on. Oh man, I gotta, I gotta harken back. Uh, yeah, anything from collarbones up, fat. 
Jeez. If her first picture is a group photo, she's the ugly one. <laughs> and, um... Oh, if it's a far away picture, like she's doing something like, oh, look at me, I'm shooting a gun or something, she's ugly. Because <laughs> hot girls will show off. And so, yeah, big sunglasses. That's a dough. You know what's under there. <laughs> You're listening to The Dumb Zone. What does Blake do? What does Blake do? What does Blake do? turnaround some of our uh that's great in-studio guests have confirmed in fact that uh cam newton owns a trucking company based in carrollton <laughs> okay he checks so, in on it yeah is it called heisman logistics or something uh stolen computer logistics oh yeah yeah he was a bad dude in florida is that on the list Gotta be. Do. What would you say? What does Blake do? What does Blake do? What does Blake do? Bell's puppet. I knew that was coming at some point. Yeah, I mean, yep. it's a punctuator. Yep. Knew that was coming. It's out of our hands at this point. Out of our hands, folks. <clears throat> okay, we got a lot still to get to. Let's do this. Oh no, it's not on the list. Hey everybody! It's not. It's time to answer some of today's viewer mail. He stole a laptop. But you know what it is. We got other stuff, so we might not uh, answer from a lot Cam? of mail. Yeah, what's his art collection? Oh, that's light work, brother. That he has uh, three portraits in his uh, entranceway: one of MLK, one of Obama, and one of Cam Newton. <laughs> in his own house. <laughs> what if I did that? But it was just me. I just had Obama MLK. <laughs> I love. I think that'd be great. <laughs> like if I if I do get this like addition added onto my house. Yes. Like you go. Is the addition going to be a lot like the new Jake office? That's the hope. Yeah. Okay. You can come live there if you I'll want. I'll pitch in. Although you got this, so you'll pitch in. Okay. Well. To get you one, you need it. Uh, mostly just want to get some birthdays. Uh, from viewers in viewer mail. Dumb zone. To be honest, I'm not sure I'm doing this right. February 26th is my husband Sam's birthday. We are newlyweds. We got married on 123123. Blake. Oh, that was popular. 123123. Me? It's kind of a cool bit. No, you're the Kobe guy. Kobe. Yeah, you love numerology. Yeah, that's that's a that's a smooth move though because you'll never forget. Well, you'll never forget in all <laughs> like nine eleven, um, and you'll also like uh, you'll never have to do like New Year's Eve and a wedding anniversary. Yeah, like you got it all book, booked in together. Yeah. yeah. He's an early 300 Patreon member. Listens to y'all every day. His favorite drop is "Gotta Be the Booty." Feels like a from the old place. Gotta be the booty. Although you've said it a few <laughs> times. Did I ever tell you guys the from Michelle? The really funny. Um, well, it's funny to me, uh, like Javier's story where I played that for my father-in-law. <clears throat> Actually, it wasn't my idea. It was my wife's idea. Uh, my father-in-law, like my wife, from New Orleans. 
and he was like, I don't see anything funny about this. He's because he speaks just like that, right? Yeah, yeah. And you're laughing like, <laughs> sounds, look, at this, look at this dumbass. <laughs> my imperious leader today is my Alexi Ogando birthday. Thirty-seven, Blake. What do you think? Man, I had his jersey too. You had an Alexi Ogando jersey. I loved Alexi Ogando. <laughs> but I don't think I remember his number. Appreciate all you guys do. I've been dealing with some mental health and self-destructive behaviors. And worst of all, this inferior communication method known as Yahoo. Your show helps me break out of any funk I may be in. No pressure, but my life depends on you. Mm. Some shinfo. During your last year at the ticket, I sent fake birthdays for my friends from each other just to troll them. I don't think I ever told him it was me, so I guess it was a joke for one. Anyway, if you bag on this or call me a loser, you're a real ass because, you know, mental health issues and all. Uh, from Ty Hot Carl. <laughs> so he suffered, he's got a mental health uh, force field. Well, Ty, you sound like a real loser to me. I was going to say that's a good bit. <clears throat> Ty, to me, I feel like probably no one would miss you. Now, do you count yourself as someone with a, you're allowed to say that? Like the N-word? Yeah, like you've, you've <laughs> just you've just said as a guy who knows some ther- therapy stuff, like you're a fellow. He's in the bubble. Yeah. Ty, if you're listening to me, it's not going to get better. Okay. Just take care of it now. Hey, Dan, day two, Jake, DF Ty. number 601. It is my brother Chad Hannon's birthday. He's 45. He loves you guys. Would get a kick out of you giving him a shout-out. Here's your kick. Leaders, Blake's dating app tips. More Blake. Keep doing what you're doing, Playboy. Uh, Sean. So his brother is Chad. Hey, Sean. And I'm going to save these other uh, viewer mails because we've already gone pretty late today so we'll read that stuff uh, at some future moment but I think it's time to shift into abruptly stop the music Shane on SNL talk oh did you watch it Blake nope okay awesome thanks for participating again just present it to the audience that hasn't seen it either I haven't seen it I'd love to know what's funny from it you should tell me and maybe play audio from it I'd say the whole show was pretty good. Um, yeah, I saw some people saying, you know, there was a there was a, a thought that he like bombed on the monologue, but I I really think it's just something that was incredibly predictable, which is that he doesn't have a ton of TV material. Well, let's let's do the monologue, and then we can talk about the rest of it too. Yeah, I just because I thought we should play this whole thing. It's like seven minutes long. We can, yeah, and. I just thought a lot of the people that were panning it were like, you don't really get the bit. Shane Gillis, one of our favorite comedians. Uh, Okay, so why did he get fired? See, he was hired on SNL years ago and fired before he ever did a show. Yeah, it was like five hours. Because they uncovered, like, they uh, hired him. And then immediately the internet, as it will do, Mm-hmm. After they announced hiring him, like, hey, do you know that he said this, this, and this on his podcast? Yeah, so the funny thing about it, and uh, I listened to a bunch of Matt and Shane's secret podcast uh, on my way to and from Mexico last week. And, you know, I think it was like 2020. 
So there's two things, like two currents that are happening at the same time. The first of which is um, people are just like, oh, I'll just look at your Twitter and Instagram to vet you. And most comedians at that time had started to have podcasts. And it's like, what are you going to do? You're going to listen to a thousand hours of my podcast Mm -hmm. and try to figure this out? The second thing that happened was, is people were really mad at Asian people for creating COVID. Okay. And uh, they hired B.D. Wong the same day. And uh, isn't that his name? Or is it Bowen Yang? I feel like you just did a, uh, a, ra- a they all look alike Asian. thing. Because yeah, B.D. Wong, Wong was the... Law and Order or something. Law and Order SVU or something. Yeah, so they hired Bowen Yang that same day. And Shane had like some. Okay, so I don't know who he is. Was he in a sketch with him? Oh, yeah. He was the game show host. Okay. Yeah. They were on screen like four or five times together. Wow. Okay. Because yeah. I didn't know if this would be a... If you've read that SNL book, like when Andrew Dice Clay was on, somebody had a the, real problem with him. She would never have been in a sketch with him. And I think she quit, right? I don't recall. I think so. But I yeah. just know... So, this all that was happening at the same time... They brought him in. They wanted to be like edgy by hiring him. And then they hire Bo and Yang. Shane had some offensive comments about like uh, MSG and Chinese food. And the funniest part about it to me was. But it was, it was with a comedic vein. It was. Like he it was, was doing his vein. Yes. funny comedy podcast. It's And the funniest part about it was uh, he said that when they called him in, they were like, <laughs> this is what you found? Like, <laughs> like, like, I'm glad it's only this. Yeah, it, it gets so much worse if you keep going. And then now, you know, four years later, the career arc is uh, they need him. So they brought him back in. I love it. Okay, so yeah, here's the opening monologue. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I'm here. I, uh, <laughs> most of you probably have no idea who I am. Uh, I was actually, I was fired from this show uh, a while ago, but if, you know, don't look that up, please. If you don't know who I am, please don't Google that. It's fine. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I, this is, I, sh- I probably shouldn't be up here, honestly. I should be home. I should be, I should be a high school football coach. That's what I should be. Like, God molded me perfectly to be a high school football coach slash ninth grade sex education teacher. I thought it was surreal seeing him. <laughs> Yo, it's so but weird. That is, <laughs> that is what fit. I want to be. That is, you know, I can feel it. It's in there. It's like my true calling. And you feel, you know, I can feel it. You know, I'm getting older. It's passing me by. You know, like my biological clock is ticking on this stream. You know how, like, uh... You know, like when a, a woman's biological clock is ticking, she sees like a baby in a stroller and is like, oh my God, your baby. Like that's how I am if I see like, like a big 15-year-old. I'm like, oh my God, look at the size of that kid. <laughs> With the right coaching, that kid could be something special, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I actually, I come from a long line of coaches in my family. My, my father is actually a volunteer assistant girls high school basketball coach. <laughs> He's actually here right now. Can you get him on there? Yeah. There he is. There's my dad, the volunteer assistant girls high school basketball coach. <laughs> I thought it was funny. All right. You don't think that's funny to bring my dad here to make fun of him for being a girls high school basketball coach? 
right. <laughs> I thought it was great. Never mind. Thought that was going to be a big hit here. Uh, okay, so. Now my mom's up there with him. Bang a 20. At this point, he's realizing, like, the crowd is, like, uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, they, they were laughing, but, like, I feel like at this point, he's realizing, like, okay, like, I just made a joke about my dad ostensibly being a pedophile. And maybe everybody's not vibing with that. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, okay, well, where do we go from here? Because after this, I've got a whole Down Syndrome bit. Well, no, no. And yeah, that's the thing. He's. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, I already wrote this whole thing. And the thing about him, it's kind of like the humor he does is, I don't know. I almost it's, think it's... He's a doofus, you I know? I almost think it's like us in a way, just like, or a lot of, like a lot of people that everybody knows is... They're not racist, but they'll, you know, they're not exactly. sexist, but it's like, uh, I can't wait till my wife gets back in the kitchen or whatever. Yeah, yeah. like you're doing a, but a you're parody of... Almost a parody of it, but everybody's laughing and we all know, but you know the bit. If you have a transcript of things people say and then put it on Twitter or something, oh wait, yeah. you said that? Like, that's not funny. And also, There's no context in which that is funny. Also, Blake, like you should know that... Uh, obviously this is like SNL. So it's mainstream. It's super mainstream. It's super liberal for the most part. The people behind him that are like in the band, most of them not laughing. I I know that there was like some... No, like, I want to push back and say, that, I think they never do. Okay. Because I saw that as part of the reaction, like, hey, let's zoom in on the the woman behind him. I just thought really... that woman looked like I could not, I could, I would rather be anywhere else than listening to this right now. Possibly, but I would, we're going to have to go back and look at some other shows, because I feel like that's their demeanor, like they're almost told. Don't You know, where like sell it. Paul Schaefer would be told, hey, laugh along, you want right. to sell the guest, whereas I feel like. The band never is roaring or laughing or making any. You may be right. Maybe. Is the audio from the crowd artificial? Because it sounded like the crowd was into it. Um, I think actually what I read was that the uh, crowd laughter always sounds louder on television than it is in the room. Okay. So I don't know. But he clearly is reacting a little bit like, and he kind of never does that. Yeah. He doesn't really react to the crowd. He just rolls with his, uh, his funny bits. My mom, <laughs> I'm not going to make funny. <laughs> My mom asked me this a lot, and it's kind of an intense question. My mom asked me, she's like, when did we stop being best friends? And she's right. We used to be best friends. You remember that when you were a little boy and you, like, you loved your mom and you thought she was the cool? You remember when you were gay? <laughs> you remember when you were just a gay little boy? <laughs> Every little boy is just their mom's gay best friend. There's literally zero difference. So I feel like Dude, now this. This hits so hard for me. <laughs> no, it's hilarious. Yeah, because yes. Especially all, if like your mom was divorced for it's very a brief true, amount but, of time. But where we're getting here, I think, is that gay has been eased out of the... Well, we don't use that in a comedic vein. Right, right. Um, where, But it's, all, it's in this middle boat. Yeah. Right? It's like not... Uh, do we say it? Do we say the word midget? Do we say there are certain words, um, you know, that you people commonly use but then it was kind of like and, and it's almost like uh the cancel thing it pushed too far this way and then it's going to push back a little and i feel like this is but 
I feel like on SNL monologue, no one's using gay in a comedic tone. No, no. Or uh, vain. No, no, no. He's, uh, but so now he's like setting the stage for like, oh, wait. Oh. But, dude, I but would. But he also just rolls and just does the bit, and it's funny. Before before you play and the rest of this, though, like, did this not, like, make you think of you and your mom? My gosh, Like, me for and my sure. mom would, like, hang Look out until, like, 11 o'clock at night. pictures of me with the work. long hair. And yeah. The, the, and I could see it now with, like, my son. Yeah, long hair? Oh, my gosh. I could see it now with, like, my As son kid. and my wife. That's awesome. And I'm just yeah, like, I'll show you some real gay pictures. They're just, like, okay. little gay best friends. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're just, they're very tight. Yeah. I was gay for my mom. She would pick me up from school. I'd hop in the van. I'd be like, girl, tell me about your day. I thought she was cool. I would listen to her music. I'd be like, bam, 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 bam. Let's go, girls. I would would dance for her. She'd be like, look at my little dancer. (laughs) But, uh. And especially, I think, if the mom doesn't have any uh, girls. Yeah, yeah, You're probably sure. going to have to... Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, dude, we would listen... I was telling my wife about this the other day. We would listen to uh, In Vogue. Sure. Like, in the morning. Like, and I would just, like, dance around like a little... I think my mom loved... Boy. My mom loved Prince. Yeah, of and course. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Dun, dun. My mom asked me when we stopped being best friends, and I don't, I don't have the heart to tell her, because, like most men, I know exactly when me and my mom stopped being friends. It was, uh, it was the first time I whacked off. <laughs> Uh, before. <laughs> so, obviously now we're taking another step into Holly. the, has that ever been said on Saturday Night Live? Right. No way. Or even regular TV. Yeah, I don't think so. Because certainly, and I got thinking about this after the whole thing was over, you couldn't have said that on the ticket. No. And not today. No, we had to so train Blake. Trust your radio. To... <laughs> Stop um, but also, like the <laughs> later in this show, they said "titty" twice, referring to the boob. They said "goddamn" a couple times, and certainly you would have been dumped on the ticket for saying "titty." Sure, I think once Jub called uh, uh, somebody a "titty baby," yeah, because they were just being a whatever, and, and it got a "titty dumped. baby." Yeah, yeah, they were being a "titty baby," but yeah. and it's that wasn't referring to the jug, right? But it still got dumped, like over the, uh, out of an abundance of caution. Anyway, before that, you're like, oh, where's my mom? I love my mom. She's so cool. One nut. You're like, when's that bitch gonna leave the house? <laughs> a nut. I a have nut. so much business to attend to. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> I hope I can say those words on TV. Uh... <laughs> Anyway, my whole family's here, so I'll talk about them instead of anything else. Uh, talk about my family. I'll tell you this. I don't know if you guys, uh, if you can tell by looking at me, but I do have family members with Down syndrome. <laughs> okay. Now, does it sound like the crowd's into it? Uh, no. I was a little hesitant. <laughs> yeah. That was the, uh, so obviously he's done this thread before in his, Many times. In his act. Yeah. Because he's like got an uh, uncle with Down syndrome. And he... Kind of looks like he 25% has Down syndrome. Right. <laughs> like, Yeah, he's got that, you know, whatever, sunken look or whatever. He's But that that he's bringing this to N- uh, SNL, you're like, okay, this is way different than 
Uh, this is a little different than Sydney. Talking about my family, I'll tell you this. I don't know if you guys, uh, if you can tell by looking at me, but I do have family members with Down syndrome. <laughs> it almost got me. I, I dodged it, but it nicked me. It nicked me. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. And kind of like the, uh, you know, the force field of mental health, uh, like family member yeah yeah okay don't know all right that's obviously you know i couldn't go up and do this bit unless i guess you could lie that you have a family member (laughs) it's funny funny. look i don't have any material that can be on tv all right (laughs) i'm trying my best also this place is extremely well lit i can see everyone not enjoying it (laughs) this is uh you know, just the most nervous I've ever been. Don't clap now. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I talk about. I brought up Down syndrome. You got. You can always tell who's never been around Down syndrome when you bring it up. Like if I tell people, if I'm like, yeah, I have family members with Down syndrome. People that have never been around it are always like, oh, <laughs> like it's like it's the end of the world. Like, oh, are they okay? Are they doing? It's like they're doing better than everybody I know. <laughs> they're the only ones having a good time, pretty consistently. <laughs> they're not worried about the election. <laughs> They're having a good time. My niece, my niece has Down syndrome, and uh, I thought that was going to get a bigger laugh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, I thought we were allowed that fun here. Uh, but no, my niece has Down syndrome. It's a funny thing that happens when someone in your family has Down syndrome. It goes, when my sister was pregnant, everybody was like very, very scared. And then once, you know, once they come into your life, you realize that's easily the only good member of your entire family. It's crazy. And then your family gets like too proud. Like now every single day in my family's group text, it's just pictures of my niece. And every day somebody else in my family comments, she looks exactly like Uncle Shane. <laughs> and I have to be like, yeah, I see it a little. <laughs> and there's no denying it. She does. She looks like me with bangs. Just happy. Just... <laughs> Dude, let me say this real quick. I will tell you, uh, I've told you guys before about like, my mom had like uh, a ton of brothers and sisters and her youngest brother, uh, he didn't have Down syndrome, but he had something that was like kind of similar. And Shane is right. Like he was the happiest dude all the time. I mean, he's still alive actually. Um, But he would just like, just watched uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. (laughs) Like, smoked cigarettes for a long time. Like, just always, like, in a good mood. Like, he would just tell you these stories that you knew were absolutely made up. Or he's, like, telling you about, like, beating somebody's ass. He's just like, yeah, I mean, four or five guys rushed me. And I took them on. You're like, that did not happen. (laughs) That absolutely did not happen. Do you just let it go? Of course. Okay, yeah. Yeah, but he was just, like, always pretty happy. I would agree. He is one of the few good family members that I have. But my sister, my sister, my niece's mother, she didn't know she'd get pregnant, so she she foster cared and then adopted three black kids, and then she finally got pregnant, and now she has a kid with Down syndrome, and uh, her husband is from Egypt. He's an Arab guy. You go over to their house, it's like getting in the craziest Uber pool you've ever been. (laughs) It's it's crazy. (laughs) Like, how did you guys meet? This is... But there's something, I don't know, my niece, one day, I'm not saying it's like something I'm looking forward to, but I think it'll be a nice thing uh, for the whole country. Uh, I would say when my niece is probably in like fifth, sixth grade, out at recess, 
and some white kids out there like, hey, you're not allowed to play with us. You're retarded. And then uh, three black kids come flying out of nowhere <laughs> and start wailing on that cracker. Everyone's going to be like, oh! <laughs> it's, like, it's like a nice moment. <laughs> yeah, you guys you said cracker. Uh, <laughs> No, we, uh, my family and I, we actually, we opened a coffee shop in my hometown for people with Down syndrome to work at, and uh, it's going, don't clap. <laughs> I didn't do it for the claps, I did it, uh, you know, it's going exactly how you'd think it would go. It's doing well, actually, lying around the corner every day, not because there's like a ton of people going, but service is... <laughs> Everyone's getting apple juice, we don't know how to fix that problem. <laughs> <laughs> there's one thing you know <laughs> there's one thing you notice though when you work with these guys and it's very it's funny there's literally there's zero difference between us and them and uh, especially at work there's no difference every day these dudes show up to work just <sighs> and you're like what's your problem dude they're like i hate this job so <laughs> all right hey we've got a great show for you tonight <laughs> So part of his thing is obviously it's very funny, but like just even slipping in the word gay, slipping in the word retarded. I don't know if cracker is. Uh, I don't think you can really like use that taboo. Yeah, but it's it's just even the taboo word. Um, but again, it's things people do say, not in offensive ways. But um, usually you don't see it in mainstream media anymore. Yeah, I think, and and I, I heard him talk about this, like with the, like I was saying on those Matt and Shane podcasts, because um, I guess he was kind of like reminiscing on it a little bit because you know he was going back, but that Lorne, like when he brought him in, was like, I'm not going to do Lorne. You've heard everybody do Lorne, but it was like Doctor Evil, yeah, exactly. Like Lorne was like, we can weather this. Like we this can is weather this storm exactly. Like this is not a big deal, and Shane said he was like, "I don't fucking know, man. Like I think, I think this is going to be really bad." And I think that they're at a point now. It's interesting when you bring up like the the whiplash of like cancel culture or whatever. I think SNL is trying desperately to do something edgy. Right, because they were edgy. They were, yeah, for most of their history. And then over the last, whatever it is, you know, handful right. of years, they've become a little bit more... Quote, woke. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And him being fired is probably part of that. And he he, he would say that, like, Lorne definitely did not want to fire him. That's interesting. Like, that Lorne was like, we need this guy. Like, we need what he does. We need... He, like, killed it as an audition. And if you look at his sketches, they're unbelievable. The Gillian Keefe stuff Gilly are so good. And Because like imagine those sketches on SNL. I mean, they got pretty close on a couple of them. No, yesterday, they were, or uh, Saturday, it was great. Yeah, I mean, some of it sucked. Like, the cold open was terrible, which he wasn't in. Right. But that, like, to me was like, that's the A version of SNL and the B version is the, the sketches he was in. And so, yeah, I, I just think like, you know, Lorne knew that we need like a guy, like we need a, somebody to spice things up a little bit. And I don't know, like who's the most 
risque guy they have, like actor they have right now? Like who's is it Michael Che? I don't know. I know. Like name yeah. You don't even know. The news can sometimes be I like the, the funniest the, part. The joke swap bit is gold every year with Colin Jones. They did one that Michael was similar Jay. to that this week. I but like the news thing they did with with Bo and Yang was terrible. Like where he was supposed to be who like, uh, some artist or something. I don't know. It was it sucked. I feel like he was in. I feel like Shane was in less sketches than most hosts are. Yeah, I thought he was in a lot. I feel like he was in like half the show. And the funniest thing that they did, which I sent you guys, was Limu Emu, which they cut. Yeah, I've been reading that they cut a couple things. Limu Emu was so funny. Do you think it just went time, or I don't know, dude? Because that, that was an extremely offensive sketch. Like the, where the Trump gold shoes bit was very funny. I thought that was good. The white men can jump or whatever. The the rock bottom kings gambling app. That was awesome. It was very funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Limu Emu, that felt like an end of show skit. What was their end of show? I'm trying to remember that. They were at a restaurant. Yeah, I don't know. I watched it a little bit out of order, so okay, I can't. But yeah, I watched the it. fact that Limu is like a dirty cop who like <laughs> shoots an insurance patient or a customer is uh, that was that felt like a Gillian Keefe sketch to me. It was great. So, anyways, I don't know. I. I can't believe they let him get away with like half the stuff they did, but I enjoyed it quite a bit. No, that's the way to look. Yeah, I, I think you put it right. You know, they're trying to not be part of the establishment anymore because they they've somehow morphed into that. And you know what? You know and, what I really they think? started out being a hey, people would never do put George Carlin on and this and that. You know? Yeah. You know what I think made it worse was Trump. Because, like, everybody universally hates him. And it's like, it's almost like it's hard to make fun of his opposition because you're like, this guy sucks so bad that it's like, used to, they would do, like, Clinton jokes, they would do Bush jokes, they would do, you know, Reagan, they would do Carter, they would do whatever. But now it's like, Trump is so obviously, I mean, first of all, he's hilarious, but, like, he's so funny by himself that you almost can't make fun of him. Right. Like, that's why the James Austin Johnson the James Austin Johnson thing is awesome because it, it went off of his actual exactly but like self. that's like one of the few people that can actually do Trump and be funny because Trump by himself is funnier than any impression of Trump the Gillian Keeves Trump stuff is funny the speed dating Trump thing speed is good. dating yeah yeah but like that's why I I feel like if you watch like Colbert or Fallon or Kimmel like they're just they're chasing a dog dude. Like, there's nothing funny about them trying to be critical of Donald Trump. Because it's like, Donald Trump is funnier than all three of you. Right. And now you're in a political debate. Yeah, exactly. And that's not why we're tuning into that. Exactly. In theory. I don't know. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a good episode. Blake, 21 Savage. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. We woke Blake up. <laughs> that doesn't seem to go with Shane Gillis, but okay. Want to do some news? Sure, let's go. Here's Jake with the dumb. Glad you didn't so say no. News. 
That's all I had. Well, I, uh, I know you guys are all worried about the AT&T outage from last week. You've got a big credit coming to your account. Oh, cool. for real? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be credited to uh, next month's uh, bill. It's uh, $5. Okay. Oh. They don't even have to do that. I'm giving I'm giving them some applause here because no I thought you said it was like forty thousand people were affected and that was it so that's uh, a lot of money you're giving up just for just for an I'm sorry seventy three thousand but it's not that's not worth anything you'll never even know I'm just going to appreciate the gesture this is corporate chill Dan no 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 I'm not trying to although. Sales at dumbzone.com. <laughs> someone from AT&T wants to you send have, an email. You could have Lily on. Oh, I would have Lily on. We've had Lily on. Yeah. That was when she was show, uh, still showing the heavies, though. I, uh, oh, man. She stopped. Milana Vintrub, uh yeah. Melania. Melania. What did I say? Milana. Milana. Melania Weintraub. Uh... Follows me on Twitter. We've DM'd. Interesting. That's Damn, right. I got a thread going with her. Good for you. Yep. I do it so slow. I feel like she's like going a little bit too far. Like, do you have to go like the full top button? I like it, man. Because you know, what's I know, there. I know yeah. there's got to be something just extraordinary under there. Yeah. I would like the record to be shown that I did find the Bobby Althoff video for Dan. <laughs> oh, the the deep fake. Yeah. Not that great. Not worth your time, was it? No, it's it, and it's just her face superimposed on a yeah. It's it's whatever. But has there been one that's been great? No, but I keep hoping. <laughs> one day yeah. of her or of any deep fake. Any deep fake. Because I got who one. Do you, who do you got? Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi. There was a good Nancy Pelosi deep fake. Gordon brought it up about seven weeks in a row after I sent it to him on uh, See You Next Tuesday. Well, you're sharing it with your... Don't share it with your boys. Shut up. I'll take it. Okay, speaking of Trump, (laughs) uh, this is the most amazing uh, Trump audio. It is weird to share porn, though. Well, it's... Do you bros share porn? No, you're like, hey, man, I just saw... And and, and I can't say that I've ever really done that before. Here's a really good... But I knew it was fake, you know? Yeah. So it didn't feel... It doesn't feel like, hey, bro. Right. I hate that that message is in Dan and I's text history. Cause yeah, it shows I got to delete it. It shows the thumbnail of it, and I was like, oh. Yeah. Like, bro, uh, I, I didn't make it three minutes in this. Let's see how long <laughs> you can make it. Okay. Okay, so man, challenge on. Trump was uh, <laughs> Trump was in South Carolina this weekend. Then he texts two minutes later. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to play you this audio of him talking to i believe it is the black conservative federation and uh he makes some points here that i consider to be incredible but i got indicted for nothing for something that is nothing they were doing it because it's election interference and then i got indicted a second time and a third time and a fourth time and a lot of people said that that's why the black people like because they have been hurt so badly and discriminated I want to. I want to. At this point, um, re- uh, reiterate to you that he is talking to a crowd of exclusively black people. 
So when he just like says the black people, he's talking to only black people. Ed, that that's why the black people like me because they have been hurt so badly and discriminated against. And they actually viewed me as I'm being discriminated against. It's, it's been pretty amazing. But it possibly, I don't know, maybe there's something there. A little cut here. Games. Black conservatives understand better than most that some of the greatest evils in our nation's history have come from corrupt systems that try to target and subjugate others to deny them their freedom and to deny them their rights. You understand that? I think that's why... The black people are so much on my side now because they see what's happening to me happens to them. Does that make sense? Okay. Kind of a little golf tepid like. There's more. Yes, it does. But obviously you can see the angle that he's pursuing here. I actually love it. Which is that like. It seems brilliant. Hey, I'm basically black. Yeah, but I also, I mean, this is his, this is why he cannot be penetrated. Yeah. He's an impenetrable force because, uh, and I didn't say that word right. It's I, okay. That he can turn, like if somebody got indicted, he'd be like, oh my gosh, political career ender. What if you get indicted like five times or whatever? No matter what it is, he can use it all as, ah, I get indicted. Then I got indicted five times, seven times. It's all because it's a witch hunt and it's all like, like, wow, okay, yeah, this... And he's like, no, he turns it into his. That's he why turns black every people negative love me. into a benefit. <laughs> it's awesome. I think it's incredible. It's got to be an incredible look at, you know, politics and you know all that. Kind Go of on, stuff. my my the mugshot. We've all seen the mugshot, and you know who embraced it more than anybody else? The black population. It's incredible. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Because it's like a family photo oh if, my if it's God. for, uh, you know, the black people. <laughs> the black Every population. black family has a mug shot. <laughs> That's what he's implying, so right? That's 100%. He's not even really implying it. Yeah. Yeah. These lights are so bright in my eyes that I can't see too many people out there. But uh, I can only see the black ones. I can't see any white ones, you see. <laughs> That's how far I've come. That's how far I've come. That's a long, that's a long way, isn't it? These eyes. <laughs> Care to comment? Wow, it's something. <laughs> that's 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 some quality stuff. Like it well, didn't really place- logically make sense, though. No, like if the lights I were lower, I could only see you- the white ones. Right. Which, which is what it but he's been like, it, but also like when he says that's how far I've come. To me, that implies like I used to be super racist. Right, I used to not see black people at all. <laughs> and, like, and now I, would just, I can yeah, only see black. people. Yeah, kick them on the street if yeah. I saw them. Yeah, now he's like, now I only see black people. Really weird. Although the plane's thirty-two years old, I ordered new ones and I saved one point seven billion dollars from what Obama was willing to pay. I have to tell you. All right, so now he's he's doing like a talking about. Uh, military planes and how he negotiated it like a better deal. Okay. Although the plane's 32 years old, I ordered new ones and I saved $1.7 billion from what Obama was willing to pay, I have to tell you. Black president, but I got $1.7 billion less. Would you rather have the black president or the white president who got $1.7 billion off the price? I think they want the white guy right now. I think they want the white guy. <laughs> Is that not the most incredible thing you've ever heard him say? 
Like just full on leans into You had a black guy in the yellow white guy. Hey, who do you want? <laughs> you want the black guy or the white the guy? White, the black guy is getting ripped off left and right or me who's I suppose if you funneled that one point seven billion my way, then I might be uh, pretty interested in that. I don't know. Yeah, but outside but, of that uh, Yeah. It's uh Yeah, it's great stuff, man. It's really, really weird. Uh, did we talk about this? Did we talk about this last week that it's going to be like 94 degrees tomorrow? Uh, no, we did today. I'm, and I think I got 93. The watch tells me it's right 90, now? Right, 90 right now. I did Ugh. not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow we are looking at uh, record warmth, and then it's going to like be cold and rainy on Thursday. Oh yeah, look at that high of 53. High is 53. Yeah. This is away. why everyone is sick. Did I put I away the firewood too soon? That's what I'm saying. This sucks. And we have we're going out Thursday, right? Oh yeah. That's bad. Cancel that. No. <laughs> Police in Cedar Hill announced the arrest of three suspects that they believe were involved in an ATM robbery that led police on a chase in a stolen car. This was uh, over at like Beltline in 67. 300K from an uh, ATM. Did oh, they didn't steal the ATM itself? No, I think they like busted open the ATM. Oh, okay. Did you know there was that much cash in an ATM? No. What would you have guessed, Gallery? 30 to 50, I would say, is about right. Yeah, especially because people just don't use cash. Yeah, especially these days, for sure. Yeah. 300 Did they get away? Uh, Well, they got away for a minute. Oh, you said they got them. Okay. Yeah. Didn't pay attention to that. I was trying to craft an ATM joke, and I couldn't get one. <laughs> How far did you get? Uh, yeah, let's hear the workshop. That's probably about it. It's like, okay, ATM. I know what that means. Um, you know, I got to be honest. There's got to be something funny there. I don't really know that I do. You don't know what it means? I mean, I know what that acronym stands for, but I don't know like what the act actually would entail. What? Well, you got to click on one of the bits then. <laughs> what do you mean? It's kind of a how-to. It tells you in the thing. <laughs> I know, but is it's it... going from the A... Right to the M. Yeah, there's no like let's uh let's wipe this guy off first or uh it's 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 going from one to the other. Okay. That's shocking to me. It's the old chocolate popsicle. Okay. Mm-hmm. Look it up. I feel like there are a couple different ways you could go about it though. <laughs> Like, A to M, meaning your M on my A, wouldn't that also be A to M? Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm with you. Could, but that's where you got to click and see the instructional video, and you're like, oh, okay, that's... Because you're not using... There's no letter in an acronym for what is going from A to M. Right, P. But it's really or all, D, all the, the A and the M are in the same vessel. Okay. And you're going from just one portal to the other. Right. Uh, but there's not a lot of description. So I could see where you'd be confused on that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing that I'm referring to was always uh, called full lessons. 
Did I tell Are you talking about tossing salads? As Chris Rock would say? Sure. That's called full lessons? That's what Grego told me. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> I've told that story before. Yeah, but I didn't know it was called full lessons. That's what he said. He's like, uh, do you teach her full lessons? Okay. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that means. Did it, I tell that story? It means you're putting your M on her A. The, correct, yeah. And yeah, you're right on in there. 18, 19. <laughs> Not 19. The first day you met him. It wasn't the first day. The, the story would be better if it were the first day, but it oh. was definitely within the first couple months. It was definitely within the first couple months. And the like funniest, this is your hero. You've the funniest part years, about yeah. it to me, um, if I think back on it, was when he told me this, he was standing there with his hands behind his back. And I don't know why that's like such a funny pose for it's someone like a to. like ho-hum. Yeah. Like he was telling oh, you way, about like how to like, you know, handle your crops. Yeah. Oh, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like a sit-down son. No, it was not. It was not. There was no like alcohol involved or anything like that. It wasn't like. And yeah, his. Uh, turn this off, mom. <laughs> His uh, advice was, uh, again, that if you are willing to do that, that a woman will never leave you alone. And you've gone on to say it worked. He wasn't that wrong, right? There's your news. Yeah. Who would <laughs> <laughs> the Dumb Zone News. Like and subscribe. <laughs> In history. Oops. What did I do? Oh man, I screwed this up. Don't you have to warn her or say, "I got an idea." I uh, you don't just do it. I would not warn. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> today in history. I think we've already hit two hours. Yeah. We'll try to make this as short as possible. Oops, that was abrupt. Uh, it's Monday, February 26th. That's when we were recording live to tape from high atop my garage. Um, with Mark Miller. 690 Mark Miller. On the couch. Have you muted him, Blake? You're not even allowing Mark Miller to... There you go. In my hair? Now you're open. All right. That why you wanted him unmuted? <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested in what you have to say. I'm sorry that sorry Blake about Blake. Not. That's yeah. okay. Yeah, he's a wild card. Now's your time. On this day in 1933, it was reported that NFL owners had voted to move the goalpost ten yards forward to the goal line. Ninety-three, eighty. No. Excuse oh, me, thirty-three. Oh, oh, oh. I'm so sorry. it was back where it is now, but they said, let's move it to the goal line to encourage more field goals and reduce the number of ties. There are so many pesky ties. This i got to be honest with you. I had no idea that it used to be back, move forward, and then move back. No. Really? Yeah, I had no yeah, idea. I back in 1933, they say this was in spite of arguments that this could result in more injuries. You would think. <laughs> think. Yeah. yeah, well... Scoring, though. Yeah. Scoring up. And ties suck. Um, on this day in 1998, a jury in Amarillo 
rejected an $11 million lawsuit brought by Texas cattlemen who blamed Oprah Oh yeah, for the a price thing. fall after a segment on food safety that included a discussion about mad cow disease. Isn't this how Dr. Phil was born? You tell me. Didn't she also cause the Hawaii wildfires? Wildfires. You got to you're pretty wildflowers. close. But I believe that's when she first had Dr. Phil on to talk about whatever mad cow. I think. <laughs> I don't know. During this trial, I don't know either. But and then several years later his son made a terrible song that you made us listen to. Dude, I watched a uh You've heard many people say you should watch it, and you should. The Mother God documentary on HBO. It's very, very good. It's three parts, Uh, probably 45 minutes each. Something Rose? I can't remember. It's just called Mother God something, something. Search Mother God HBO. It's uh, like a cult. She was... It's very, very good, and... Okay, yeah, this is not... I was thinking of Gypsy Rose. No, that's a different thing. Yeah, yeah. Mommy Dead and Dearest. They ended up with... Uh, Mother God ended up on Dr. Phil, by the way. Mm. <laughs> that's why I thought of it right here. On this day in... Texas, huh? 2013. Was Mother God based in Texas? No. She was not here. Olson was introduced to Love is One and Amy Carlson by a New Age scholar at the University of Texas at Austin. Oh, okay. Anyway, on this day in 2013, at the uh, in Egypt, a hot air balloon burst into flames and plummeted 1,000 a, a feet to earth, killing 19 tourists. I'm only bringing this up for you, who has refused to ever get in a hot air balloon. I think I would do it if Blake did it. But outside of that, I'm out. Blake's not going to Egypt, though. That's true. Wow. That's oh, true. yeah. What a conundrum. Yeah, you know, and it's weird, too. Like, we were talking last week about, like, my affinity for uh, for Mexico and how everyone's so cool. I do have, like, a thought that, like, every car, like, the tire's about to fall off of it. <laughs> In Mexico? Mm-hmm. Like, it's wobbly or... Yeah, even, even if it's not, really. So, like, I hot air balloon, probably out. Hot air balloon in Egypt, definitely out. It's just a bit of casual racism, Dan. <laughs> I endorse that. Yeah, yes, I and. Know you do. Yes, yes, and, and uh, what other racism do we have? On <laughs> uh, this day in 2018, but president... A lot of them have tire shops here when they... Okay. Wow. There's the uh, yeah, extra that's racism. Yes, and. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and. Yeah, yeah very good. There you go. Yeah. I appreciate so that. They actually should be well, well secure. Why don't you stop talking for a second and let <laughs> him do the next thing? Because you already like... No, they've all moved here. You already knocked one at about 431 they've feet. To, they've moved here, and now that's why the tires no in more. Mexico are yeah. having such oh, a problem. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's the big leagues up here. Yeah. Okay. On this day in 20... 20- I like it. <laughs> On this nice. day in 2018, uh, Donald Trump, president at the time... Mm-hmm. He was highly critical of the law enforcement response to a Florida school shooting. So he has a room full of governors at the White House, and he told them if he had been there, he would have rushed in unarmed. Which is <laughs> <laughs> awesome. It is awesome. It's not quite... The Marky, zone flooded. It's not quite Marky Mark. But the, the flooding of the zone, I just love it. 
Like you can't keep track of all this stuff. The Mark, uh, the Mark Wahlberg one has got to be the take of the cake, though. Yes. When he said, I think it was like in, in particular about Flight United 93, where he said that if he would have been on there, there's no way it would have gone down. And he believes that. And on this day yeah. in t- 2009, Tom Brady married Giselle Bunchen, who kind of looks like a dude. <laughs> kind of looks like a dude. They're not together anymore, right? No. No. Sad. He's married to his son, I believe. That's nope. right. No, they just kiss. <laughs> oh. Is she uh, remarried? No. She's not remarried. I think we would have heard about that. Anybody? Oh, it's a fighter? Yeah, you gotta be. That's pretty much the only way. The only way that you could like marry her now is if you kick ass or have a billion dollars. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's that's a, that's a tough. I would turn it. I would turn down the date with her, just knowing that <laughs> I can't follow him. Sure, I'm sure you would. Uh, let's see. Plus, can you imagine just the beating it'd be just going out with her? Oh my God! Speaking all that weird stuff. Uh, today's birthdays or, include... That's probably not what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, Mark Followell and Doug Anderson. Oh, wow. We used to do a show Doogie. together on the ticket. Wow. The great Mark Followell. Ro Blackman, he's 65. <laughs> we had a... He looks very good for 65. <laughs> ham? Fun ham moment <laughs> once upon a time. <laughs> we asked him to name one uh, Maverick who played before Dirk. And he said... Rolando Blackman. <laughs> okay. He got it right. That is his name. S- sort of, yeah. <clears throat> Does Marshall Haley Falk 51? keep texting you guys too? Yes. What is that about? How do I not get those? I've unsubbed like five times, and I still just get pounded. Do they look like the Bobby Althoff picture you sent me? Can you guys let Bobby Althoff go? Like, what is this? <laughs> She's very attractive. What is happening here? She's a good-looking little lady. Jenny Thompson, 51. Recently. Will you ask your daughters about her? Recently divorced. About her? Bobby Althoff is divorced? Yeah. She's like 21. How was she married? No, she's got a couple kids. I think she's late 20s. Interesting. Okay, see? <laughs> That's tune changed. Erica Badu. Badu. 53. Do you remember... Our rubber A friend? Yeah. Uh, do you remember... I think it was probably around the anniversary uh but it, it was definitely whenever we were working at uh victory when she like got naked in downtown Do yes. you guys remember that yeah that yes. was protesting awesome. something i uh, she was filming a music video oh i thought it was a yeah protest. yeah no okay i think it was like to look like jfk she was raising awareness for herself yeah that's right that's what we're trying to do <laughs> yeah there's nothing wrong with that beautiful lady um, where was I? Michael Bolton, seventy-one. Sucks. <laughs> Is he? What's your favorite Michael Bolton song, Blake? What is a Michael Bolton song? That's not the line. If I ask you, Jake, what would you tell me? Round ball rock, or what am I? Who am I confusing him with? I'm looking for. Uh, I celebrate his entire catalog. I celebrate his entire catalog. There you go. Okay. I flubbed that. Who does Round Ball Rock? You've never seen Office Space, have you? No. Oh. You, yeah, you get mad at me for that one. Who? It was filmed in Dallas, bro. 
Lost Class. Oh, well, let me... You get to watch it, you're like, that's a toy! Who does Rambo Rock? It's really fun. Dan, answer me. I have no idea what that is. Basketball, gimme, gimme, gimme the basketball. I'm gonna dunk it. Oh, I think you should leave. Tim. No, 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 but who is the actual guy who wrote NBA on NBC? Oh, I don't know. John Tesh. Thank you. All right, sorry. I didn't know what you were going for here. I feel like John Tesh and Michael Bolton are yeah, kind of in the same bucket. You're not sure which one's which. Right. Tim Kaine is 66. Uh, Hillary's running mate. You didn't think I'd get that, did you? I knew you'd get it, but when I looked at this this morning and that was the note, I was like, huh. He had a chance at being the second gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chuck Wepner is 85. Chuck Wepner. Do tell. In 1975, Muhammad Ali defeated Chuck Wepner. He was a boxer. With a TKO, I believe 19 seconds left in the fight. So in the 15th round, Mm. Muhammad Ali beats Wepner. He was a journeyman known as the Bayon Bleeder. Bayoun? I don't know how to pronounce that. Spell it for me. B-A-Y-O-N-N-E. Bayon. 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 Bayon Bleeder. Was he French? Like he was a guy who would box occasionally, but he had a job selling liquor during the day. Jeez. And he's fighting Ali? This fight inspired Sylvester Stallone to make the Rocky story. And in fact, poor Chuck Wepner was stolen from again because I believe it was at Rocky 3. Chuck Wepner later would go on to... uh, do an exhibition with Andre the Giant where Andre the Giant threw him out of the ring physically. Uh, his body, yeah, and then... <laughs> what would have... Yeah, <laughs> metaphorically... <laughs> anyway, Stallone stole that too. I don't know if he ever gave the guy any money. But he's 85 today. Book him, Blake. And uh, born on the stain, not alive, we have John Harvey Kellogg invented cornflakes. Spare. And then uh, dead on this day, still dead, we have Bill Hicks. Were you a fan? Huge, dude. The comedian Bill Hicks. You know, the one thing about him, though, that's really weird, and you know what? I'm, I'm kind of like over the point of trying to get Blake to watch anything that I think is funny. Uh, Bill Hicks, a lot younger than you think when he died. <laughs> really? Like, he was like 34. How'd he die? Uh, cancer, yeah. But you watch him and you're like, this guy's 50. Mm. He's wise, but he's like very, very young. Austin. I hate young guys who are so smart. Because then I'm like, oh man. Most of them die though. Okay, well that's good. Yeah. And that was Today in History. (sighs) We want to offer Mark Miller the opportunity for closing Closing remarks. remarks. Am I allowed to do this? Oh, yeah. What do you got? It's your stuff. What's that mean? You'll see. Well, first thing is I got him a couple of cans of snakes because he likes to shoot (laughs) snakes into each other. They don't actually come out of the can. I couldn't find any like that. So there you go, Dan. Like the springing can of snakes. Yeah. Okay. You were wanting to shoot into each other for a while. Right. So I now have two cans. You can shoot one into the other. <laughs> yes, that is awesome. A great visual, yeah. There you go. And now here's a send t-shirt. That over, wow. Send that over to him. 
a uh, a potbelly sandwich shop T-shirt. <laughs> okay, who doesn't want a rep potbelly? And how? <laughs> come, I mean, the only thing is, there's only one of them. Uh, oh, don't worry. We got here. That's that's probably Blake's dream shirt, dude. Uh, what's on there? It's the movie poster for Pearl Harbor. <laughs> <laughs> A awesome. uh, box office uh, flop. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, oh. no we were wrong about and that. There was a problem with Jake's. <laughs> I actually wanted to get him to eat the W T-shirt, and I got an email late last week that said, "Sorry, we canceled your order." The Jameis Winston. Yeah, where he eats the W has one anyway, and it bounced back after watching him the other day. I got him a good old. Oh, After fantastic. his vacation, yeah. figured he'd love that. I love Canada shirt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can wear it next time you what go there. What could be better? Can That's you imagine right. the, the high fives you're going to get? I can't. A couple know? other things. That's a pot belly. You buy one, get one. You can have a few lunches. All right. This is for the security crew. Now, shouldn't you That's get why one I was asking buy- about Four Fig Cat. So our, I'll just, Do we know the cat's name? Binks. Binks. Okay. I was going to call it... Uh, Blackberry or whatever, Julie cranberry. Called it. Cranberry, thank you. <laughs> that's their. That's a security gift card for these guys. This guy's been taking care of me. We went to. My wife went to three or four Papa John's, and they are nobody has gift cards, so you have. That's for Papa John's. Wow, exclusive Pizza Friday. Pizza Friday. Wow, just, exclusive. Just say a prayer to me before you eat it, if you don't mind. Now, Mark, um, you did. Uh, dole out six ninety to be here, right? Yeah, somebody did. Yeah, somebody did. It was my wife. This so. is a gift. Yes, for this is Christmas. a Christmas gift. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah. Now, in my head, I've been thinking that the reason to do this is because we all know sixty nine is cool, right? Oh, yeah. Pretty great. Yeah, like it's a good experience. You, know? you get a little sixty nine yeah. weekly. I think it's way too good of an experience to do weekly. I think this has to be held for uh, anniversaries and. Uh, Bar mitzvahs. It's so. held for a lot longer than that. <laughs> but what I'm thinking is... What about leap year? So 690 is what? 10 times? Mm-hmm. 69? Right. Do you feel the experience you've... Ex- you've the euphoria you felt today is 10 times that of at the this general point, 69? At this point, I'd rather come here. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> there you go. Because it's hard to come there. Okay. Am I right? Yeah. Well, not really. All right. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Adios, mofo. What does Blake do? What does Blake do? What does Blake do? What does Blake do?